Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 313. This show is tight end tutelage. We are going to be going deep into the tight end position. Hopefully, we won't take too long, um, and we'll be able to go through the allotted and predetermined 35 tight ends, which will cover and go across eight tiers. Uh, We're going to be going down um, the Pyro Collective tier sheet that is in our draft kit, which you should pick up. Um, We'll kind of promote it at some point a little later in the show. But I'm really excited to have a first-time guy on our show who's been a contributor um, over to Pyro, mostly on the news feeds uh, over the course of the last year or so. Um, But our buddy uh, Wags, C-Wags, is over, uh, who's living out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Good times, living in the land of, um, you know, Deschutes Beer and Nike. Uh, And uh, we got him on the line, and then we got one of our old favorites, P.K. Ripper, uh, rocking it out from Fort Lauderdale, kicking it. We're going to uh, have some fun. I'm obviously D-Rex, uh, but I like this little uh, trio that we got going on here. Uh, we're going to drop this uh, this goo and give you that knowledge for the tight end position. Uh, what's up, Swags? How you doing out there on the Northwest? It's going good, D-Rex, man. Just, just waiting to make this happen, man. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. PK Rips, I, I talked to you on the phone last night. That was a nice surprise. Uh, PK uh, talk, gave me a shout on his ride home from um, work and um, got to catch up with that man. Always a good laugh and, um, uh, you know, you're one of my favorites. So I'm um, pretty excited to uh, get into this. Uh, Ripper, you, you doing good down there, buddy? Oh, yeah. All day, man. Loving life. Living the dream. Living the dream. You had you had the day off of work today, right? Actually, no. Nah, I ended up getting called in, but it's all good. I got off around two, so half a day. Half a day? All right. Yeah. I had this picture of you sitting around uh, uh, the pool or at the beach um, getting a nice tan and just uh, taking, it, taking it easy on a Friday day off. <laughs> I don't know. That's not me. <laughs> don't let my boss see that. He'll think I wasn't working. Uh-huh. Love it, dude. Yeah, it's been a shitty day of uh, on and off rain. Um, I was playing. I'm psyched for doing the show because, in all honesty, I went and saw a bunch of concerts two weekends ago. I saw Radiohead a couple times, and one of my favorite bands, this guy Kevin Morby, um, two times in one night. He had played a gig and then an after show. But I was going to go see Tame Impala tonight. They're playing uh, at the Pitchfork Fest, which is literally four blocks away from my place. Um, but it's been raining all the time. I've seen Tame. Um, I was pretty pumped just to talk some football, hang out with my dog, and uh, do the thing, man. Uh, this is just a good time. So, as I said, we're going to be going off these tiers, and I'm just going to start driving into it. Tier number one for the Pyro Collective, we've got three guys in it, and it's uh, Rob Gronkowski, kind of obviously. Travis Kelsey's uh, the number two tight end. And then uh, Zach Ertz falls in there at the number three spot. So those are the three cats that we're going to talk about initially. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess I got the first two dudes. Um, and, uh, so I'll get in with Gronk. You know, I think uh, we get questions even to, even today over Twitter, just, uh, you know, people asking about, uh, about Gronk. Is he good? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to hold out? And, 
News came out today. He's going to be reporting. He's already, they've been saying he's already over at Foxborough and working out. He's not going to hold out. He's playing this year. Um, who knows if it's going to be his last year with New England. But any fears of him being a holdout candidate or even retiring, you know, there was, there was talk, um, you know, of him over the course of the, the few months after the Super Bowl that, you know, there was a little drama with him and Belichick and the team just kind of for the first time this year just seemed like they were uh, kind of at, each, at, at one another's uh, throats. I think it all goes down to Gronk and Brady and their personal trainer and that whole Brady TV 12 food deal or whatever. But um, it just seems like he's putting that past him. He knows that he, uh, they got to, they, they need him to get to the Super Bowl, So he's playing. So I, I, I'm not worried about anything like that with Gronk. Um, you know, I think anytime you're, you're I'm getting asked the question where uh, who's, who's the tight, better tight end. Uh, should I be even thinking about Kelsey or, Zach Ertz. I mean, I think you just you just got to look at the resume and the and the sheer number of points he's put up um, over the course of some of these seasons. And Gronk's the first tight end you got to take. The question is, um, you know, how 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 early are you willing to take him? I think uh, an advantage we have, and I think you guys will all agree, is Gronk's ADP is in a better spot right now than it ha- than it has been for the last four years. So. I don't know if there's more tight ends that are getting closer up and he's not kind of alone in that tier one, but he's definitely coming in a better ADP right now. If you go to fantasy pros um, and they do a little cross reference of a handful of, uh, you know, mock drafting sites and whatnot, uh, his ADP is 21 overall. And obviously he's the first tight end going off the board. Um, So, Good news for him. Him and Tom Brady uh, are the only 99 score on the Madden 2019 ratings. So, obviously, um, EA Sports thinks he's as much of a stud as I do. Um, You got Edelman who's suspended for the first four games, and they kind of got a harebrained situation. You got – uh, the little – the little Amendola's gone. Now he's on Miami, so he was kind of – a good outlet for Brady. And then now you got Jordan Matthews, Kenny Britt, and, um, you know, a couple other, I forget the other dude who's been around for a few years um, off the top of my head, but it's kind of a, a, a mixed match of guys. Got rid of Brandon Cooks. At the end of the day, certainly for a while, Edelman's out. And even while Edelman's right around, out of the slot and out of that position, I mean, Gronkowski is the man. So last thing I'll say on him from our draft kit, um, Stag Party does tier uh, projections for the upcoming season, and he's got Gronk to be projected at 221 points uh, in PPR leagues. So I don't know. Here's what I'll ask you guys: like, where do you? Um, I'll still let you kind of go start with it, PK. Like, when it comes to a tight end, where are you willing to? Where do you kind of like to take a tight end in your drafts? Like, let's say PPR. Let's say it's a 12 man league. Um, where are you? Where are you kind of thinking? Like, you know what? That value, I'm going to take him. Yeah, with Gronk, I uh, I'm not going to spend. I'm not going to spend. I think I could I could base my roster off other players and build a solid foundation and get uh, a tight end. Maybe not as great as Gronk. He won't give you Gronk like numbers, but he'll still be a uh, maybe a top five to top eight tight end, and I'll get him. Mit, um, probably middle of the eighth, ninth round is really when I want to look for a tight end. 
Nice. What about you, Wags? Yeah, I've never been big on uh, – I think I've had Gronk once on a team. I think that's because he fell to me. Uh, I think I was playing in a really small league, and uh, and uh, I got him in like the third round or something. But uh, I'm usually uh, like PK here, uh, going in the eight to ten, tenth round range. I uh, forget my tight ends. I like to find that guy that has a little more ceiling because you're getting Gronk, you know, at the top of his ceiling pretty much, which he's going to produce. But uh, yeah, I just I like getting. I'm a I'm a running back, wide receiver guy for about the first. Five or six rounds. Well, right now he's basically in a twelve-man league. He's he's you know one of, at the back end of the second round. Um, I've never had Gronk on a fantasy team in my life. I literally have never had him because you know for two three years ago he and even even a little bit uh, two years two years ago three years ago sometimes he was going first in the first round and yeah I mean the one the one reason that I could somewhat justify it is because you know tight end it's a one. You only need to start one tight end in, in, in your league, you know. So I think there's there's an added bonus of kind of getting a good tight end and getting that over with. And I do I've been doing that with Kelsey over the course of the last two, three years. I've been grabbing Kelsey in that third in that fourth or fifth round. Even a few years ago, you could get him a couple later. Now he's moving up as well. So that's not really um, he's he's gonna be tougher. He's more of a third rounder now. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know. Kelsey finished number one last year uh, with, you know, standard scoring. He got 156 points. Um, so he definitely, you know, he's bringing that. He has the most, you know, he missed a couple games. That's always going to happen with Gronk. It seems like um, it seems like Gronk's going to always miss some games. So he uh, missed a bunch of games the year before. Where, where was Gronk? Gronk only played half the season uh, in 2016. Um, so he finished as the 22nd tight end that year. He only had 540 yards and three touchdowns. But last year he looked good. So I agree. I think, you know, I would consider him in that second end of the second round. Hopefully he falls a little bit deeper, uh, but probably not a guy that's going to, at his draft capital is going to be, um, be on my, be on my team. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at on Gronk. Do you guys have anything that you want to mention on him that uh, that I kind of didn't cover or that you think's worth uh, uh, speaking of on a negative or a positive tone? Well, listen, I, I think Gronk. I think Gronk at the end of the second round, like you're saying, it could actually be solid value if you, you figure you're coming at the end of the second round, which means you had the first overall pick, so you're waiting for that second wraparound to come to you. And you already probably got a number one running back. You can grab a decent receiver, and then you could have a number one tight end fall to you. That would be excellent value, especially if you're going to build your roster that way. I think Gronk is definitely in line to be the number one tight end again. I mean, yeah, he's got Brady throwing to him. There's not much else really going on there for the first four games anyway. He's still got a running back situation that – it's just who's who's going to be there every week to do anything. And Gronk is the mainstay in that offense, and that's Brady's favorite target. So can't go wrong with Gronk. It's just where you want to spend is the issue. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think I agree. I'm going to it's going to be nice. To, I'm going to keep an eye on Gronk and where that happens. He seems to be saying he feels better than ever. Um, and I think there's got to be a little bit of a hunger factor where the year that he was out, 
they won the Super Bowl, and the year that he was in the Super Bowl, they lost. So yeah. it's got to be a little bit of a hidden, like, damn, the team wins the Super Bowl when I'm not playing, and they, we lose it when I am. Uh, so we'll see. What The one thing that's also that I like about Gronk is he. But not only is he very consistent from game to game, but he does have some blow-up games where – um, you know, he at that position can win straight up, straight up win the week for you. So let's oh, go to yeah. the next. You got anything you wanted to uh, pile on on this one, Wags, or should we go to Kelsey? Uh, I, I I agree with PK. Uh, you know, yeah, at that, you know, at the turn there, you're, you're already got a, you know, stud running back. If you lock him up and get another receiver, there's a lot of talent in the mid rounds that you can fill your roster out with. So it's a good strategy. It's just not mine. And I and I I do like that. I do like walking away, um, even in mocks and in some drafts. I always do like having um, as many tier one guys in this first part of the draft as possible. So yes, yeah, you just got to kind of value who who are some of these tight ends or wide receivers. There is there um, a good a good running back that came back. So. Um, we'll see. I guess you know, like we always talk about, you just got to go with the flow in any draft. Um, but maybe after you get Gronk, um, you know, your lineup when you do that with tight ends and just Gronk in general, this has been the case for four years, five years. When you get Gronk, the, the lineup kind of uh, feels a little bit different because you went for that tight end so high. So let's go into Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, basically he's finished top two um, the last two years. So he's a consistent player. Um, I think he's no. I think he was number two each year, or, or two years ago was he? Um, two, let me go. To, let me see. Two years ago was he number one, or was he number two? He was number. Yeah, he was number one in 2016. So um, he's got back to back thousand yard seasons, which is uh, a good sign. I like seeing that. Um, See, did he even have a back a thousand? Yards? He's got yeah, eight. No, he didn't have uh, Kelsey had eight hundred yards three years ago. Um, so for me, Kelsey, I love it. Here's my here's. I hope to have him on my on my team, but the third round is a little bit early for me. Um, but I just do enjoy having him on there on my team. And the one thing that I just have hated about him over the years is there was a lot of plays where Alex Smith left plays on the table and he would be open and Alex Smith wouldn't get it to him. And that was kind of a bummer. Now the flip side of the issue that I don't like about him right now, you got Sammy Watkins coming in. Everyone's loving that. I'm not sure whether the Mahomes second year player helps a Kelsey and he's the security blanket. And that's going to be make for Kelsey to just have his best year yet. Or if, Mahomes is going to be uh, winging it a lot deeper, and if he's going to be trying to spread it around, you just don't know that. Uh, that Mahomes, the second um, unknown. While I'm super high on him, I'm pretty sure I've got Mahomes as like my tenth or twelfth ranked quarterback overall, um, which I know is high. But I just think that offense is is so stacked, and um, I just have a good feeling that Mahomes is going to kind of. Uh, hit the ground running um, with this kind of free-spirited wing it, fling it kind of style. So we'll see. You know, I think with with Kelsey, he runs more – he had more yards out of the slot than any other player um, last year, kind of by a large margin. I think he had like 588 yards out of the slot. Um, you know, so he, he – I think he and Gronk, they line up not, you know, 
on two feet and don't aren't in the stance um, more than any other guy. So he's essentially a receiver. Um, I like him because he's got that hot black girlfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's just he's just a stud. So they 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 got rid of Albert um, Wilson, who was their slot receiver um, over the course of the last few years. So now essentially you're, that tells me he's essentially their slot receiver now. I know they're kind of they're talking about how they're moving Sammy Watkins around and he's going to be uh, lining up for more places than he had um, just being the X receiver in his last two stops. But um, I think that's uh, just a, that's just an all around uh, all around good good thing all around. So right now, uh, my biggest fear with him is the unknown with Mahomes, but I think it's going to turn out to be a good one because of the Wilson departure, uh, the Watson addition. What happens there? He's never been a high-volume um, target guy, but who knows? Everyone's raving about how great he looks in practice and how hard he's working. Um, and, you know, you know, he's looking at that contract that uh, Cooks just scored, and he's like, damn, I can get one of those. Um, Hill, I don't think, ever gets in the way for him. And uh, the one last thing I'd say that's uh, another component from our draft kit um, that Stag Party uh, puts together is the strength of schedule. His strength of schedule for the regular season um, is pretty good. I think it's middle of the road, 17 or so. Here's the problem. His strength of schedule during your fantasy football playoffs, 14, 15, 16, he's got the toughest schedule of any any tight end. He's the 32nd, so it's the hardest strength of schedule for Kelsey. Do I think he's the type of player that can beat something like that? I do. But it's never great when you when the money's on the line and you're trying to get to the next round or win the championship if you're in it uh, when you've got these tough games. Uh, well, I think that the uh, Seahawks defense is uh, going to be take a step backwards. Um, he's definitely playing them, and the other defense he's playing is uh, the Chargers, uh, who are great against tight ends. So, um, Kelsey, um, I'm I'm liking him. I just hope he hasn't gotten too expensive. Because I'm probably not going to grab him with the third round. If he's there in the fourth, I'm pouncing. Um, and then I don't. Essentially, my thought process for tight end strategy-wise is you get Kelsey, and I don't have to touch the position again until, like, round 14. Because um, the one thing I'll say, after missing, I think he got kind of got red-shirted his r- rookie year. Um, he had a, he had a, a, a micro-fracture um, before his rookie year, so they kind of put it on Hasn't missed the game since. Um, I think he got suspended one game for throwing that flag at the ref, but um, hasn't missed the game due to injury since, maybe I should say. So that's my Kelsey Love, um, one of my favorite players in the league. I like that high-powered offense. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, a Kelsey? And if you got nothing, we can uh, just tell me to move on, and um, we, we can talk about uh, Ertz. What do you, what do you, you got anything on the Kels, man? Yeah, I could tell you that I like Travis Kelsey. I think his ADP is just a little behind Gronk, which, you know, Kelsey could be that number one guy. And I'm not worried about Mahomes. I think Mahomes will actually be better for Kelsey than Alex Smith. I mean, yeah, um, Kelsey got over 100 targets the last three seasons, you know, and he was putting up numbers last year. He caught eight touchdowns. But before that, he was pretty much five touchdown, four touchdown kind of guy. I think Mahomes will get it to him and look for him often in the red zone. I think – 
You got to worry about Kareem Hunt. Will he go on a seven-game dry spell again, too? And I think Mahomes is just going to use him as a security blanket. He's going to see what he's got. Andy Reid likes two things besides his running back. He likes one wide receiver and the tight end. Okay, every time he runs that offense, that's his his bread and butter. That's what he goes to. So Tyreek Hill down down the sideline or anywhere they want to put Kelsey because they're going to move him around a lot. Like you said, that slot is cleared off with Wilson gone. And Sammy Watkins, you know, L, the Rams, I don't know. That season kind of looked fluky to me. Like he didn't really show up, didn't want to be there. I don't know. But I, I seen when Sammy Watkins can ball and the dude can ball. So – I wouldn't worry too much about him. I think there's plenty of targets to go around in Kansas City. What do you think, uh, Wags? Uh, I agree completely. Uh, you know, I, I think this, like you guys have both said, this offense is, is built to, to score a lot of points, and their defense is shit So, uh, you know, they lost Peters, Hali, and Brooks, those are like three of their cornerstones at the three different positions on their defense. So I think they're going to have to score uh, a lot of points. So that bodes well for uh, Mahomes. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, the, the gunslinging mentality. I think uh, Andy Reid, I think that he uh, relieved his play calling duties to the, uh, he promote the running backs coach. I forget the guy's name. Uh, but uh, so we'll see uh, what he brings because it seemed like, uh, Kareem Hunt started to do a little better after he was given the play calling duties. And so maybe he's going to amp this sucker up and, uh, and uh, let him fly. Yeah, it should be exciting. I think of all, you know, we do some of that power and numbers thing where, you know, you got to, it's, it's, you always want to draft um, guys on teams that are going to put up points that have high powered offenses. Um, and this is the Kansas City Chiefs are, are definitely one of those. Um, does it eat into the numbers and the targets that can happen because they have those down? Maybe, but again, I think I, I honestly think Kelsey's kind of just a stud. He's a fantasy stud. I don't. I, I think yeah, I saw something on Twitter that um, he has the best start of a career for a tight end um, of anybody, um, and I think that includes Gronkowski. So the guy's a that guy's a baller. He's still young. He's primed. I think what he's four years into his career. So. Um, Maybe that doesn't include his red shirt season, but um, I just I'm, I'm I'm down with the Kelsey program. So let's go to the last guy in that tier, um, tier one for tight ends, and that is going to be Zach Ertz. Um, let's let uh, let's let our boy here. Um, who's got who's got Ertz 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 Ertz? PK PK Ripper get into Ertz. Does he? I I might have left him out. I left him off. I, I pasted it and didn't really paste him back in. But we can all talk about him. Um, I think he's getting overdrafted right now. What do you guys think? Well, I could tell you, Ertz, like, he has three consecutive seasons with more receptions than Gronk. You know, I mean, with a full season of Carson Wentz until Carson Wentz got hurt, Ertz was, he was balling. They, I had him on one of my teams, too, and I was loving every week of him. You know, until he got hurt and then Trey Burton came in. But Burton's gone. Um, you know, Ertz is solid. He's solid. And you could get him a little later than Kelsey. I mean, he'll probably start moving up more as we get closer to the season. But you can, I don't think you can go wrong with Ertz. I don't think he's that far off the first two. His ADP right now, the ADP for Ertz right now, 
is not much further behind Kelsey. He's 33rd, essentially an average ADP over these uh, five um, mock drafting sites. He's a t- t- tight end, third tight end. So 33rd. So he's, he's well as he's sitting there and, you know, he's a, he's a late third rounder. Uh, I don't know. Didn't they, they got that, uh, who's, who's the tight end from Oklahoma that they, didn't they draft this? That, yeah. The Andrews. Dallas yeah. Goder, right? The yep. Goder. They sniped yep. the Cowboys in the draft room. Yeah. Yep. I know they did. And Andrews is pretty solid. So, um, yeah, Kelsey's good. He's he kind of finally he kind of came into his own and lived up to the hype and the expectation for him last year. I like the guy a lot as a player. Um, I just don't think I, I he's the guy that I I could see him. He could be tight end one, but he could easily be tight end twelve. Um, so I'm a little his ADP scares me a little bit. What do you got, uh, Wags? What are you thinking about him? Uh, I, I mean, I like him where he's at. Uh, I don't know what the Eagles offense is doing this year. I, I feel like I've heard rumblings that they're going to, you know, try and run the ball a whole bunch more. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then drafting that, that tight end it's, I mean, I, I'd love to have him, but I also think that, uh, um, Wentz is going to have a little bit of touchdown regression. Like, I, I just don't think they need to score that many points with that defense in, in that division. I, I don't know. We'll see uh, with the ramped up giants offense and uh, some changes going on, but I don't think, you know, I don't think Dallas or the Redskins are going to give them much. Uh, so, I mean, I'd love to have them, but I couldn't take him before, you know, probably the fifth round. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that program. Um, all right. You guys got anything else to say on, uh, on Ertz, he seems to be a fan favorite. Even when I look around at some of the people's rankings, maybe they're just trying to change it up and do something different. But uh, sometimes you see him as people's number one tight end. Uh, I don't know. Should we move on? Yeah, we could. Move I'm good on. with that. I mean, yeah, there's really not much more to say about him. He he's great. I mean, he'll be awesome. I'm not really worried about him falling back. You know, I think I think that offense is high powered and. It, look at the division they play. Like he, like Wax was saying, the Redskins—they don't scare me defensively. The Giants surely don't, and neither do the Cowboys. So they could have their way in those games. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So before we do anything else and get into the second tier of tight ends, um, I'd love our listening audience to do us a favor and listen to a word from these sponsors. Sweet, 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 sweet. Thank you very much. Um, We're going to move into tier two. Um, And in the Pyro Collective tiers, which for this round, just so it's known, um, the collective tiers is the um, aggregate or average of, of my tiers, Houdini's tiers, um, Stag Party's tiers and Wheeler's tiers. Uh, FF Wheeler did it um, so th- this time around. So uh, basically the average of those is what these uh, numbers come to, and then Stag Party kind of tears them out himself. So tier two, we got four uh, guys in this tier. Uh, the first guy is Jimmy Graham, now on the Packers, moved on from the Seahawks. 
The number five guy is Evan Ingram, second year. Um, the Giants. Then you got Greg Olson coming back from an injury that kind of crushed his season last year. And then the number, then the seventh guy we've got there, and the, the last guy in tier two is Kyle Rudolph. Um, so we'll start with Jimmy Graham, and uh, that's going to be uh, a good one for you to uh, dive into, Mr. Ripper. Uh, what are your expectations for Jimmy? Um, guy's been pretty lucky in his career. Starts with uh, Drew Brees, then he goes to Russell Wilson, and now he's got Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's kind of a, a dream come true situation for uh, anybody who's playing uh, catching balls in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. Jimmy's been Jimmy's been sick when it comes to getting to a team with an elite quarterback. That's for sure. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, he's funny to me. I mean, last year he didn't look the same. He caught ten touchdowns, you know, but he just. He was, to me, he wasn't that stretch-the-field hybrid wide receiver tight end who caused havoc and created mismatches against opposing defenses. You know, the separation just wasn't there. He only had, like, 57 catches, like 520 yards, and the virtual no-show during the last four weeks of the season and the fantasy playoffs really, you know, soured me towards him a lot. You know, maybe it's the torn patellar tendon or the nagging shoulder. You know, as well as his age. I mean, he turns 32 in November, and he's been injured quite a bit, you know. They could all be affecting his play. I'm skeptical to consider rostering him right now at his cost. It'll drive me further away, you know, because I think, what is he at? He's going the mid-late fifth round in 12-team PPR drafts. He's, you know, he's going to be overdrafted. Overall, is 54 right now. So, yeah, yeah you're yeah, so he's in the fifth round, yeah. You know, and he's going to be overdrafted. You know, he's paired with Rodgers. You know, everybody's going to be quick to forget that, you know, the Packers made splashy free agency pickups at the tight end position before in the last two seasons, right, with Jared Cook in the black unicorn, right? They were both fantasy no-shows. Yeah. I think also you saw from him he had the the touchdowns last year, uh, Jimmy, um, obviously, but – he also liked the red zone targets that he had was ridiculous. So Jimmy had 10 touchdowns last year, which is just uh, pretty impressive. Um, but like you said, he only had 520 yards. Um, he only had 57 catches on 95 targets. So are you, I think the touchdown regression, it, 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 it's not a, it's not a possibility. It's, it's an, an inevitability. Um, he's, he's even, I know that everyone loves Aaron and it's going to be the best thing ever. He's got the best quarterback he's had in a while, but he's not scoring 10 touchdowns. I'm just telling you, it's well, not the regression's going to be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be quick to say he wouldn't do that. Cause I mean, think of it this way. A rod's favorite red zone target, Jordy, he shipped off to the Raiders, right. And Gruden's grinder, you know, maybe Graham will be his, make his living in the red zone with Aaron, you know? I think Adams was his favorite red zone target over the course of the past couple of years. And I, but I, I hear you. And I think I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers had more red zone throws than any other quarterback last year. Um, when he was playing, uh, his, his, the average over the games he was playing. Um, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I kind of love the concept of Jimmy Graham and I feel like he's going to, like you feel like he's gonna be there at a time that I would like in that fourth fifth round. And I'm gonna be like I like tight ends and I'm gonna pounce on them. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna refrain. 
when Jimmy was value is when you were getting him in the ninth round in the early days at, at, at the Saints, and, and he was a value pick. And you guys spoke about that at the beginning of the show. So we're going to talk about other guys that kind of fit that mold a bit more. And if I'm not getting that Kelsey, Kelsey's kind of the only guy that I'm feeling like, and I like Gronk if he falls a little bit, but it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, so I, I kind of, after the Kelsey thing, wherever he may go, um, yeah, I'm kind of holding off on this next kind of batch of uh, batch of guys, unless in some leagues, know your league, look at drafts from the season before. Some leagues, people just don't like tight ends. Some people that are in your leagues just wait and wait and wait and load up on two or three tight ends and uh, much later. So, um, Wags, what do you? What's your feeling a little bit um, here on uh, Jimmy? Yeah. I- I just don't know because it. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going to be big on him this year because of just you know the tie to Rodgers. But you know, Rodgers has never really supported a tight end that much, and you know a lot of those touchdowns that he would throw to Jordy or that back shoulder kind of thing, and that's not really Jimmy's game. He's more of a you know basketball jump up and get it guy, and I don't know if Rodgers is going to throw him those in the end zone, but because he's more of a technician. But uh, yeah, I you know. I had him last year on, on a league, and I was super pumped because obviously he got me 10 touchdowns. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think that number comes down. Um, you know, it might not come down too far, but seven or seven or eight, you know. But, yeah, the yards kind of is a, is a mystery there, you know. And they have a lot more weapons than, than Seattle uh, in the receiver department. So uh, and, and a bunch of running backs that catch the balls too. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to take him at his, at his current end. That's just way too soon for me. I, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm a, a ninth, 10th round kind of dude. Cool. I like it. I just cracked up. Birthday. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking. Just going to let our audience know. I've, I've been drinking this probably four out of the last eight shows. Kind of, uh, kind of my go-to at the moment. Um, it is Salomo Brewery. And this is an Indian uh, India pale ale. They don't uh, really awesome at reading. Um, it's it's kind of that New England hazy citrusy style, but they don't call it a New England uh, IPA. But this stuff is so good. All day IPA. If you can get your hands on it, it's kind of a local brewery um, to Chicago. They're on the outskirts. I think they're in Naperville, but they just announced that they're opening a brewery in Logan Square in Chicago, which is where another one of my favorite breweries, Revolution, is. But this stuff, these guys are just, you called um, Aaron Rodgers a technician. These guys are technicians of beer. Everything they put out, they've just got, like, they're good. So I think they're blowing up. I don't know what their distribution is across the country, but if you ever uh, if you're ever looking for a, a cool beer that uh, D-Rex gives a stamp of approval to, Solemn Oath. Uh, all day IPA. What are you drinking uh, over there, uh, Wags? Uh, I got uh, Fort George uh, Suicide Squeeze. It's a, a kind of a juicy IPA. Um, Fort George is a very well-known brewery out here, out of Astoria, Oregon. Uh, they uh, they they just they just make really good beer, uh, and they kind of started, uh, I believe, one of the first kind of collaboration uh, beers that they do annually every summer. It's kind of become a celebration or an event here in Oregon. And uh, 
they they make a beer with two other breweries and they're usually um you know in in the oregon area and man every year it's just like the, the only thing i want to drink all year long it's called freeway um which is awesome also freeway. but what uh breweries are they collaborating with on that uh this year i believe uh modern times who's also a, a pretty new brewery um in portland and man great notion the, the, all of, all of these brewers, they, they just make bang out beer. I mean, they, they, everything they make is just fantastic. And so when they collaborate, they, you know, they make something pretty special. And, and this stuff sells out of stores. Like, you, you got to be on it. But uh, they sell it all summer long. So, um, you know, they finally started selling it in, like, Safeways and stuff. So that, that helps. But uh, it's, uh, it's – what I'm drinking right now is not that uh, – Suicide, so please. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's del- it's delicious. I like the way you're dr- drinking a baseball reference beer while we're doing a football show. It's good. <laughs> yep. Got to have that dichotomy, that yin, that yang. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's it's part of life. Ripper, I know you're a little under the weather. Um, what are you? Uh, are you throwing anything back over there, or are you just you're oh, on yeah. your own? I'm ha- I'm having a good time. I got me a nice Belgian white blue moon, and I got me a little shot of Bombay Sapphire with grapefruit. I'm feeling good. So how does that work? You you do a Bombay, you do most of the shot, and then you pour grapefruit in it, or is it a flavored Bombay? Well, what I'll do, I squeeze a little grapefruit right into the shot. Yeah. You I like you know that. What? You're really rubbing it in. You live down in Florida. There's grapefruit <laughs> in the backyard. You're like, hold on, guys. Put, I'm going. I'm going to pull a grapefruit and an orange off my tree in the yard. I'll be right back. Um, <laughs> lucky, lucky son of a gun. Um, little... Nice dude. Well, uh, yeah, Val Verne and all you guys. It's uh, always yeah, fun to do a uh, to do a show on Friday because while well, I don't give a shit and I drink on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for these podcasts. Doesn't matter. But it's always it's always a little bit more enjoyable to know that after the show's done and I edit it up that uh, fuck I get to sleep in tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> good times. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, join you here, PK, and uh, give myself a, make myself a shot of uh, Woodford Reserve and uh, yeah. sip that. There you a go. Cool. Let's get to uh, anything else you want to talk about with uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Nah, I think we covered pretty much everything with Jimmy. I don't know something funny. I was just looking there. I was like, I, was, I said Jimmy because I knew we were talking about him. And then I looked uh, at the next tier, the first guy, Walker. Isn't Jimmy Walker the guy that says Dynamite from Good Times? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right. I don't know. My, <laughs> mind, my mind, good times, temporary layoff. My mind just wanted me to bring you green for a minute. All right. Let's get to Evan Ingram. Um, obviously just legit season considering he finished the fifth tight end last year. And let's be honest, the tight end position is not a position that notoriously people hit the ground running and you start out really hot. I think you could probably count on one hand over the course of the last 20 years of tight ends that broke into the league and were total studs. The last one I can think of in all honesty that 
Um, he filtered off the screen, but like Shockey, like who are some other tight ends that as a rookie just were awesome and no turning back? Maybe a Gonzalez, but he, that was forever ago. Like I can't even really think of any of these guys that, that just were awesome day one. Um, so impressive. He's got the perfect situation. I think it's going to be a great season um, for OBJ. They finally have a running back, uh, which is going to, they can catch. Uh, in Barkley, that's going to open up a lot of stuff for Ingram. Ingram, I think they're going to have to be throwing him on routes that kind of reflect, um, you know, kind of uh, the tight end position a little more. Last year, I feel like he was more of a wide receiver. Uh, we know last year that um, – and I'll shut up. This isn't even my guy. Um, uh, last year, Marshall sucked. So, get go down. Sorry if I stole your thunder wags. I'll shut my ass up. No worries. No worries. Yeah, like you're saying, uh, you know, he, he was a, a rookie last year, so it's kind of hard to, you know, have any kind of consistency basis on there. But he had a hell of a year last year. And, uh, you know, but a lot is it's kind of changed in New York. Uh, last year, you know, he was handed a pretty sweet situation where almost every other dude uh, that catches balls on that team went down with a pretty significant and lengthy injury, uh, you know. Uh, OBJ out for the season, Marshall out for the season. I think Sterling Shepard was out for the majority of the season. And then Harris also. So it was like, I mean, the dude, he just fell into 115 targets. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you could have walked into a better situation unless he, you know, showed up at an orgy and all the other dudes that were invited got hammered and passed out on their pool toys. And, <laughs> and, and now he's got the pick of the litter and then some hot chick named Eli walked up to him and asked if he'd like to be the number one target for the rest of the season. So he had, a, he, had a, he had a great year last year, but you know, the only problem with having a season like that, the way that he did is, is being, he's being drafted with that ceiling in mind, which is, is totally justified, I guess, because he was the fifth best tight end last year, but with all those weapons coming back and OBJ, Sterling Shepard and, and the drafting of you know, Saquon, uh, you know, he could easily be the fourth option on this team. Uh, now that option still you know, definitely provides value. And with hiring Mike Shula as, uh, as the offensive coordinator there, who has been in Carolina uh, killing it with Greg Olson the last five years, that could be a huge bonus for this young buck. But uh, I don't see him filling that number one target role, obviously, that he did last year or even the role that Olson has uh, with Shula, with the talent that they have at those other positions. So, um, and also, I, I think I looked up some metrics on him, and dude is he—he's got kind of got rocks for hands. Uh, he only brought in 55.7% of his passes, which uh, you know locks in at one of the worst rates for all tight ends with at least like 50 targets. So maybe he needs to steal some of OBJ's gloves, or you know, to be putting him at the top. Five kind of scares me. Uh, I don't think I'll be buying any of this dude this year. Not definitely not in the middle of the sixth round where he's going right now. What do you guys think? I mean, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say it quickly and let PK go in. I just did a, a little math equation here, and the ADP that we're seeing on the fantasy pros again, they do this across five uh, sites that are currently having mock drafts, and you're looking at his ADP right now. He's 59th. And uh, if you're in a 12-man league, let's say, um, you know, that's 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 end of the fourth round. So he's 4.9. Um, you're sitting there. There's not a fucking chance I'm taking this guy in the fourth round. It's just not even 
not even in the realm of possibilities. I think Saquon Barkley is going to be um, maybe not the beast that everyone else does, even though I sort of think it probably will happen. But I think he's going to he's he's going to be the new kid on the block that just gets all these um, a lot of these dumps. I think they're going to just keep it simple, dump it off to him, keep defenses who are like, "Fuck, this guy's ridiculous," and I think it's uh, I think it's going to eat into the, the targets, which weren't huge for uh, Ingram last year. Actually, they were. They were huge. He had 115. So he had the second most targets. So I apologize that. But to your point, he only caught essentially half, less than just about half of them. So he had 64 catches on 115 targets. So all those things that you mentioned about injuries with some of these guys, and then now you got this new stud second. I mean, the highest, I think it's the highest drafted running back in ages. Um, I think it's going to bode pretty. Um, it's going to it's going to hurt. He's going to have some regression, uh, even though I do think he's a special player. He's essentially a tight end. PK, what do you got? I mean, essentially a wide receiver. Yeah, that's that's how I see him too, as more of like a wide receiver type to put his hand in the ground and block. And I think that's where he's going to lose his targets from is because Saquon's going to come in there out of that backfield and he's got a dynamic about him where he's just not a, he's just not a runner. He's a pass catcher too. And he's explosive. And you already got Odell Beckham there who's going to come back and he's going to want his targets. And if you don't feed him, he's going to pull the D back. I think Evan Ingram, I, I think Ingram is just, he's, He's down to regress this year a lot. I think 115 targets is going to be too much for him. And and I don't trust his quarterback, really. I don't think Eli is all that and, and a can of worms. And I don't think he's going to be that consistent that he could carry him, Odell, and Saquon. I mean, I could be wrong. And Shepard could be another guy who steps up coming back. But, um, you know, I don't trust Ingram, and I'm not paying the price for him. Definitely not that price. Cool. You got anything else you wanna you wanna mention on uh, Ingram there, Wags? Nah, I I mean I guess the only thing would be that yeah, I, you know Saquon is gonna be their goal line dude, so I don't know if there's gonna be a whole lot of opportunity in the, for red zone targets for him. Uh, you know he, he's way way bigger than any back they had last year, and he I mean he might as well use that 235 pound frame to slam through your line when you get down there. So yeah, it's just, it's just not, it's not sustainable that what he did last year in any way. And he's being drafted at the same place and it's just not going to work. What do you guys think quickly, obviously the tight end show, and I think this is a great, he's a great subject matter. Do you think OBJ is going to be kind of like, is he just going to go ballistic this year and get disgusting or is he going to be awesome when he plays but keep on getting injured? Is he going to be a douche hole diva? Um, what are your expectations there? And um, on the flip side of that, while we're talking about New York, is Eli, who's literally like still like the 22nd ranked quarterback, um, but we're talking about all his talent he has. What are your thoughts on, on OBJ? Is he, going to, is he going to ball out this year? Um, or are you worried that he's going to kind of have his huge moments and then uh, miss some games and be OBJ light? Well, OBJ like is 
is dynamic and awesome and explosive, and I never seen a guy who could catch the balls that he catches. I, I I believe in OBJ. I mean, I drafted him in my Scott Fish team, so I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that he plays good. I I really do though. I think he comes back off the injury and he 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 comes in, you know, finishes where he's where he left off. He'll definitely be top three wide receiver in my eyes. He's my wide receiver number two behind uh, behind Antonio Brown, uh, tier one. So I, I I completely agree with you. I just hope he I hope these soft tissue injuries and some of these problems that he's had with his ankle and lower body, as they say in hockey, lower body injuries um, don't don't kind of rear their ugly head this year. Wags, what do you think? Are you are you on OBJ or are you kind of not a fan? Uh, I'm I'm big time fan. Uh, I can't believe he's going at the end of the first round like it's a steal there I think you know uh, he's always got the potential to get you know 12 to 14 touchdowns the dude just is so dynamic like PK was saying he's he's just better than than anybody else on the field most of the time and uh yeah I think he's he's got something to prove he's pissed he got injured last year and uh you know now he's got his quarterback back and uh you know a whole bunch more weapons to help him out there I think that's just going to make him even more effective. And yeah, I, I would rank him around second or third as well. So I got, I'm going to ask you each individually two questions. Obviously I haven't told you beforehand, so, you know, whatever, just go with it. Um, you are in that, you're drafting in that eighth pick, let's say eighth pick um, in a 12 man league. It's round one. And you are, have got uh, between Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr., uh, PK, you go first. Who are you picking out of those three? D-Hop. Who are you going with, Wags? Nuke. Nuke all day. I'm going, I'm going OBJ. Listen, the, the, the reason why I take D-Hop over OBJ is because we've seen D-Hop be quarterback-proof. Okay, maybe not 100% quarterback-proof because Brock Osweiler just sucks. But <laughs> Nuke, Nuke is just – he's awesome. And awesome. and Deshaun Watson when he played, he you could see you seen Deshaun Watson carry an offense with with two top with two top receivers. Okay, so I, I'm not worried about him if Deshaun Watson is healthy. Nuke can blow the top off of anybody in the league, as far as I know. I I I, I love Nuke. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, I agree. Am I worried with them? And we won't go too deep into this. We'll, we'll, I'll reference one thing because it's a tight end show. Their number one, the highest tight end this team's got on this list is down at 33. So Ryan Griffin's the highest uh, ranked uh, tight end in the season. Is that right? No, Steven I think Anderson, Steven, Steven, Steven Anderson, Anderson, right? 28. Steven, yeah, they're probably interchangeable, though. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I, love, uh, I love it when black guys have white, white names, and I love vice versa when <laughs> white guys have black guy names. Um, he's the, Yeah, he's the highest one. So – Last thing I'll say, and the one thing I'm thinking that, that with D-Hop and, and obviously um, Watson is um, that offensive line kind of stinks, and he's coming off that injury. And you saw when he was making things happen last year before the injury, he was able to just dance around that pocket, buy time. Um, I feel like he's going to be kind of getting pummeled a little bit more this year, and he's coming off an injury, and they got to be smart. They don't want this guy to be the next RG3. So I'm a little worried about that, uh, and it has nothing to do with Nuke. It has something to do with that offensive line and the knee 
um, you know, coming back from that injury for Watson. So let's move on to the next tight end. Greg Olson, he, what, broke his foot? It wasn't list Frank or something, but didn't he break his foot last year? I thought it was his Achilles, wasn't it? Was it his Achilles? Oh, that's, yeah. that's yeah. even worse. Um, so for you, Wags, uh, Greg Olson, obviously we know he's been a, a deliverer over the course of his career um, and always has come at a value. What are your thoughts on him for this year? Oh, man, I love me some Gregory. Uh, this guy, he's won me championships, man. Uh, you know, Mr. Olson, before he got injured last year, has been, you know, since 2012, he's ended as the fourth, sixth, fourth, third, and second tight end every year. And Cam loves this dude. Uh, you know, if you could find baby pictures of Cam Newton, I'm willing to bet he'd have a binky and his binky blanket would have Olsen written all over. Because, you know, Olsen, it's a security blanket. He, he needs this dude on the field. He gives him confidence. He sure as hell ain't getting it from Funches. You know, maybe DJ Moore. Uh, but he's got, he's got so many weapons down there. But he loves giving it to Olsen. And, and, you know, I think Olsen slams right back in there as the number one target ahead of McCaffrey. Uh, this offense is, is going to be different than last year. They've kind of brought on, you know, an old, crusty Norv Turner as the OC. But, you know, he's got a pretty old-school approach, and he's pretty bland when it comes to play column. But, you know, in the last nine years, he's produced five top five tight ends. Now, you know, he can mostly thank Antonio Gates for that. Um, and Olsen is 33 years old. But I think Olsen is he's still on that level. He's a monster and a, just a poster boy for consistency. He's the ultimate professional, and I love, you know, he always it just looks like he's just hiked through northern Canada and ate some bears and moose on his way back to civilization. I just, just dig his look. I just dig everything about him. He's, you know, he's just one of the few tight ends that I'll take uh, before, you know, the seventh round. And right now he's, he's going at the end of the fifth, I think, several spots ahead of uh, the aforementioned Ingram, but uh, I yeah, uh, if he's there for me, um, around the the sixth or seventh, actually no, I, I'd even take him in the sixth. Yeah, if he if he's there in the sixth, I'm taking him. Nice. What about you, PK? What do you got? Anything? Yeah, I like Olsen. Olsen is consistent. He's Cam's favorite target, and in an offense that moves the ball down the field, and he does see plenty of red zone targets. Yeah, McCaffrey's there. And, but like he, like Wax was saying, you know, Funches don't scare me. You know, there's nobody else there, you know, but Cam, Cam is Cam. And how really good of a throwing quarterback is he? So he's going to rely on Olsen because Olsen makes the grabs and he's the guy who he feels safer throwing to. And didn't they just ink him for like a two year extension? So Olsen, he may be on the downslope of his career, but he didn't just like drop off the end of the world into a, oblivion you know he's still he's still his guy and like he said north turner north turner likes the tight end you know with the old school approach you know so i think it'll i think it'll work out fine and i think olsen you know in the fifth round if you if you like him then you grab him there you know otherwise you know i would wait a little bit more and grab somebody else but if you like olsen that much and you want to take him there's nothing wrong with that I'm down with that program. Worst, you've heard it on the show before. Fucking um, Mike Martz trading that guy because he didn't fit his system is. Yeah. It's a depressing. It's a depressing <laughs> thing to 
think that that guy's been on our team over these last six or seven years is the dumbest thing of all time. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, so, yeah, I like Owen Olsen, too. Um, we'll see. I think as far as you, he's a he's a machine. Um, snaps per target, he's amazing. Uh, fantasy points per game, um, especially uh, in PPR. Uh, he can knock out 3,000-yard seasons. He's just uh, kind of the model of consistency without having to pay that uh, Kelsey Gronkowski uh, price. I'm, I'd rather have a Greg Olson back there in that 6-7 round than an Ertz where he's going any day of the week. I, I, I think I like Ol- I like Graham, but I think I like Olson uh, even as much. So let's move on to the next guy, and that's going to be Kyle Rudolph. He's ranked at number seventh. Uh, he's at the end of this uh, Tier 2, um, and that's going to be uh, another C-Wags. What do you uh, – Give us the lowdown of a throwdown on Kyle Rudolph. Kyle freaking Rudolph, man. Uh, so this dude was is super consistent last year. Uh, I think his lowest game total last year, non-PPR, was 5.7 points, which is pretty damn consistent. So pairing this dude with Cousins is, you know, it's a match made in heaven. Cousins has always loved him some tight end. Uh, I think in the last four years, he's, Averaged 134 targets to the tight end position. And Minnesota last year, they only threw to the tight end 111 times. So, um, you know, he had eight touchdowns last year. And and that's kind of ultimately what made him that number six tight end. Um, So that's got to still be there. But I think that 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 offense um, is going to score a lot. They're going to have to because that division is, I kind of feel like, super loaded. Uh, offensively, and I mean, obviously have a great defense, but uh, there's a, there's a lot of gunslingers in that uh, division. So, and, and you know, Minnesota brings in a new offensive coordinator, uh, John DeFilippo, who is fresh off Super Bowl win with Philadelphia Eagles as their quarterbacks coach. And so, there isn't a whole lot to go from as far as what kind of scheme he wants to run. And and obviously, people don't always bring their the schemes they came from, but. Uh, in his short stint with the Cleveland Browns, I believe he was, uh, you know, obviously given a terrible roster, and he made Gary freaking Barnage a Pro Bowl tight end. So uh, <laughs> I like I like Rudolph for about a hundred targets, uh, sixty-five, maybe seventy catches, seven hundred fifty yards, and six seven touchdowns this year. I think I think this offense is going to surprise people. Um, you know, I I've actually even been talking earlier. Um, in in the season about them not scoring as many points because I thought their defense was going to be so dominant. But then I just started looking at, uh, you know, those other teams in that division and there's just going to be a lot of points scored. Um, you know, I think they went to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum. So they're <laughs> almost went to, they almost went, which, you know, they almost. probably should have, they probably should have. Um, and if they really wanted to, they could have just, you know, signed his ass up as a starter, but they didn't do that. They went out and signed the biggest freaking free agent quarterback they could get with Cousins to let the league know that, you know, they're pretty much done messing around and they're going to, they're going to, you know, pass the ball around and uh, they're going to, they got cooked back. I think they're just going to dominate. Um, they're going to get a lot of red zone looks and uh, that bodes well, huge for Rudolph. Um, and 
I I will be taking him. Yeah, he's been slipping. I've been doing a ton of mock drop drafts lately, and he's been slipping a lot. So uh, if he slips as far as he's been slipping into uh, the eighth or ninth round, like I'm I'm all over that. I love it. Uh, PK, before you go, one thing I'll say about Kyle Rudolph, in some league formats in 2016, he was the number one tight end. So it's the guy that's no shit. the number one guy. Uh, he plays He plays 16 games every year. He's, he's, his body just can take the rigors of the position. Um, so I, I'm down with that program, too. Think of what you, you're talking Cousins. He's like, imagine if Reed didn't get injured every year, the stats he would have. So – uh, Rudolph's looking pretty good. I, I completely agree. He's a guy that I'm definitely going to see on a lot of my teams. Um, I think the one thing that scares me a little bit, it doesn't scare me, it's a tight end position, but he does throw up some donuts, some some not donuts, but some duds. Um, he is a consistent guy overall, but I have had him on my team, and sometimes he's just like kind of just it's not his week. And, yeah. you know, I also think that Cousins has got hasn't had – um, a Thielen or a, a Diggs, um, and who who's there? Uh, he's not that good, uh, but yeah. So we'll see. I'm all in. I'm all about uh, getting me some uh, some Kyle Rudolph, a uh, good player, kind of in the prime of his career, and he's been in the league for a while. So good good stuff. Uh, you got anything, PK? You want to mention about Kyle? Yeah, Rudolph and Kyle is good, and Cousins going to the Vikings is like Cousins going to the Warriors. It's like it's, their team is stacked. Bro, it's this is crazy. This all they were was a, a consistent quarterback away from winning a championship last year, and they just got it. Okay, and Kyle Rudolph is going to be the benefactor, probably the biggest one, because who does Cousins like throwing to the ball, throwing the ball to more? He loves the tight end. You know, you never heard. Niles Paul, freaking, you know, and then Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. These guys, this is Cousins throwing the ball to these guys. You know what I mean? And every year that he's been in the league that he's been starting, he's got better every year, every year. I think I think Kyle Rudolph is in line to move into tier one next year when you put out the draft kit. I'll tell you that because I'm really high on Kyle Rudolph. And his ADP right now is, what, the seventh round or something like that? And I'll tell you what, if I'm going to spend, I'll spend on him and I'll stack with Kirk Cousins and I'll enjoy it every week when I'm kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> uh, nice. Cool, buddy. Um, all right, we're moving out of uh, Tier 2 and into Tier 3. But before we do that, do me a favor and uh, listen to this word from our sponsors. Righteous, righteous. Thank you. Tier 3, uh, we've got... Uh, five tight ends in this zone, um, and uh, this is where it gets interesting. It's fun. I, I feel like there's one guy who's a little overranked here, but um, whenever I say that and I go look at the rankings, I have them the highest, so I should probably shut my ass up. Um, I don't know if that's the case with this guy, but uh, Tier 3, we got Delaney Walker in at uh, tight end 8. Jordan Reed is tight end 9. O.J. Howard at 10 seems a little high. Jack Doyle at 11. And Tyler Eifert at 12. Again, I think Eifert seems – I love him. He's won, He's literally won me a championship or two. Uh, but um, just who knows. It seems like they still don't even know if this guy's healthy. So uh, let's start with Delaney Walker. And um, Ripper, what do you What do you got to say about this guy? Look, give us uh, – This, is, this is another guy. 
Yeah, Delaney, he's another guy, man, that's that's that old reliable guy, you know, that that guy he you know, you look at your team and how you want to build it and you say, I need a tight end, but I don't want to spend a lot on a tight end. This is the guy you get. I, I love Delaney Walker. He's like one or two tight ends to have at least 800 receiving guards in each of the last four seasons. Do you know who the other one was? You're gonna pay a you're gonna pay a hefty price for Travis Kelsey because he's the other. You know, he he's the only tight end to finish top five in PPR points the last three seasons and a top eight tight end each of the past four seasons. He's seen at least a hundred targets in each of those four seasons too. You know, I mean, you're going late sixth, early seventh round to get the eight tight end off the board. You could pretty much construct a solid roster without spending premium draft capital to own a potential top five tight end. Because I believe Delaney Walker is fast and he could still do it. I don't see a fall off. He's a top target on the Titans, you know, and they're searching for reliable receivers to still make plays, especially in the red zone. Yeah, the, um, I mean, at, he he only caught three of three. He only caught three touchdowns. Okay, but you know what? He led the league in with thirteen end zone targets. You know, so he's due for some positive scoring regression. You know, and if you're worried that he's getting up there, he's getting old, and how much fantasy relevance is left in him, you know, the Swiss Army knife, bro. Like he was known for in San Francisco, a very versatile player could play multiple positions. You know. He's 33 going on 34, and he's athletic as hell. He's consistent, has a high floor. It showed no signs of slowing down. The bottom line on Delaney is if, if you lose your league, bro, it won't be because of him. Huh. I like that way. And also, he's, he didn't have tread on his tires from his San Francisco days. So he's a – No, he's played behind Vernon, right? Yeah. So he's, he's, uh, uh, he's not a guy that's got um, – too too much uh, too much tread on his tires at 32. Uh, I like what he said um, in the off season. I think this is uh, something he said after they brought in um, uh, what's what's the what's the coach's name? Uh, not Grable. Grable. Uh, Grable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. yeah space and whatever the dude that the, the <laughs> linebacker from New England. But he was basically just like. Uh, He's like, I'm keeping this job until someone takes it from me. And I love that mentality. He's like, I don't care, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what my age is. Uh, you know, people are like, how long do you see yourself? He's like, I'm going to be here until someone takes this job from me. Um, and I, I I can just imagine this guy working his ass off in the offseason and saying, Not, this ain't going to be the year. This ain't going to be the year. So I could, uh, I could see him being around and being a legitimate performer uh, for years to come. And he's another guy that can have some explosion games uh, at the position. Um, you know, basically, I, I think out of all the guys we've talked talked about, if you looked at the last two, three seasons, I bet you some of the highest scoring tight end games and output games um, of all these guys, they've gone ahead of him. And even many that are after him, he's probably got some of the high, a, a number of the highest scoring games um, in a single week uh, of uh, anyone. You got anyone else want to uh, you want to you want to give us something on uh, on a wags or should we move on? Uh yeah, I I I dig Delaney man. Like and PK was saying, he, he's exactly that dude that you don't really care about until you you see him and you need a tight end. And you're like ah, Delaney's still there, huh? Huh? And then and then even if you don't draft him, you're you're playing him 
against somebody and you see him and you look at their roster and you're like, ah, I ain't worried about that. He ends up scoring a fucking touchdown every single time. And he's like the Frank Gore of tight ends, man. He just keeps <laughs> you keep thinking he's gonna fall off and every year he just comes back and like produces. I don't know what this offense is gonna look like this year. And I man, I, I think it's gonna be really good, but I don't know if he's gonna be their number one target anymore. I'm kind of big on Corey Davis this year, but you know, it, that's yet to be seen. So I'm, I'm good with taking him. Um, yeah, he's just kind of that, that safety tight end that you don't feel super good about, but you don't hate. So, uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. Do you think that the departure of Decker um, obviously opened some things for him uh, a bit? Uh, do you think the two rookies, Taewon Taylor and uh, Corey, you, I, we all like uh, Davis, but do you think Taewon Taylor can kind of step up? He, I think he's a pretty good player. Um, it, it, are the targets still going to be there for Walker, kind of like they um, like they have been over the course of the uh, over the previous season? Let me just look at his numbers. Walker, uh, yeah, one of the one of five tight ends last year to have uh, over a hundred targets. He had 111. Um, I don't know what he had the year before. Let's see if he was over a hundred that, that year. Delaney Walker, 102. Let's see what he had in yeah. 2015. Is he over at Walker Walker? 100, wow, 133. He led all tight ends in 2015. So the guy's obviously, um, you know, a target machine at the position. Um, and he's been, he had 106. So he he's four years running. In 2014, he had 106. Uh, he's four mm-hmm. years running of wow. 100-plus targets. So just remember that. Again, I think you said it in a nice way, Wags, when you – He's kind of always sitting around and lingering there where if you're kind of holding off on the position, he's one of those guys that when you get into that, uh, I mean, let me, look, let me look at his ADP. When you get into that eight, nine round, even later, just because he's, he's got, it's just kind of a lack of respect for him. I, I think people just don't, they don't pounce on this guy. I'm like, literally, I'm looking right now. Walker, Walker is the 78th uh, IDP. He's the eighth tight end, but he's 78th. Um, or seventy fourth guy that goes, that goes that goes off the board. So I'm not good at math. So give me a second. Seventy four divided by twelve. Well, and late six, six, early seven. Yeah, earliest sixth round. So it seems a little earlier than some, but dude, you're looking at those targets, and you know what you want for your tight end almost more than anything. You want the fantasy points, you want the yards, you want the touchdowns, but you want the opportunity, and he gets them. And um. I think we all believe, or I hope we all believe, even though I still got him pretty low, uh, Mariona should just be getting better and better. He seems like he's, they might have more talent, but he he should be getting better. So let's go on to the second guy in tier three, Jordan Reed. Um, Man, that guy's, I I got nothing to say on him. I'm going to let, I'm going to let you get going on him, um, Wags. And then maybe what we'll do is we just can talk while we're doing this. We'll talk about Vernon Davis a little bit um, sure. as well, because I think Vernon has proven to be one of those good handcuffs to uh, to an oft-injured read. Absolutely. Yeah. So this guy, I mean, he's, you know, obviously has always been talked up every year because he's just that talented. Uh, the only thing that keeps him from being a top five tight end every year is his health. Uh, the guy is basically made of glass, unfortunately. I mean, you can't expect him to get hurt, but you you can prepare for it. And so I love him. I love him at his current ADP. 
at the end of the eighth round. And, and like you were saying, um, if you got a deep bench or you just want to be cautious, you know, you could go ahead and draft uh, big VD as well. And just kind of, you know, or, or you could just draft him. And if he gets hurt, then you stream or just pick up Vernon after that. But so I play in a lot of leagues that don't have a huge bench. So sometimes that's tough to roster a couple, uh, couple tight ends. But, um, you know, he, he only played in six games last year. And Vernon was the 14th tight end in fantasy. So it shows you, you know, how much that team uh, values that position. If you add Reed and Vernon stats together last year, they are the number five tight end. Uh, and so, you know, and not to mention, you've got every tight end's favorite Alex at the at the helm this year. So, uh, you know, that dude, what, what he, he led the NFL in tight end targets last year, the 171. Now, obviously, throwing to Kelsey, but you know, Jordan, Jordan Reed is also that talented of a dude. Um, the Redskins only threw it 126 times last year, which is still a lot. But. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people might think that, you know, Alex Smith had kind of an outlier year in 2017. Was he the fourth quarterback in fantasy? Yeah. Uh, but I think I think they're they're going to make this dude throw. Like, I don't think Gruden, uh, you know, wants to slow down. He saw what Alex could do. He's going to not bring him in there to be a game manager. He's even said, I guess, I don't know who, maybe it was Gruden in that camp that said that they, they thought they upgraded from cousins, which is pretty ballsy to say, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it means that I think they're going to use his ass, which is good. Cause I think he can, you know, he's a super accurate quarterback and obviously he proved he can, you know, wing the ball around last year. If you got, uh, you know, Reed and Vernon Crowder, Richardson and Doxon, uh, and, and, uh, Thompson, he's a ton of weapons to wing the ball around to there. And, and that none of them, except for maybe Doxon is kind of that red zone target um, that, that has any size really. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, this is one of my targets. If I miss out on, uh, on some of the dudes that I am kind of, I, I should never target, but you know, I'm, I kind of wait for those later rounds. And then if I miss on guys, these are kind of my backup plans. So uh, what he, do you guys uh, think? If he, can stay healthy obviously it's just a different ball game and you know one of the things in his big seasons that he had a handful of years ago a few years ago um that you know this is definitely more so with with griffin and and, and cousins he there were drives back in the day and i don't think he's i think he can still can still recreate if he stays in the field we're literally like there were drives that were all him um, you know, so it'd just be like the guy would get like five catches on a drive. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I'm probably going to stay away a little bit just because of the injury bug. But what do you think about him, uh, Ripper? What are your thoughts on on, on Mr. Uh, Reed? And then we can go on to the next guy, OJ. Uh, Mr. Mr. Reed. Well, the, there's two There's two, two sides to Mr. Reed, right? There's the, the roof. The, the roof is the ceiling, right? The ceiling is the roof, but the floor is the trainer's table. And I can't trust him, bro. I just, you know, he'll, he'll, he may come into a game and you started him that week and he's out by the first quarter and you got sitting there with shit, you know? Um, 
uh, yeah, the dynamic is there as far as the talent. It's 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 there. It's apparent. But the thing is, is he can't stay on the field consistent enough for you to trust him. If you're going to roster him, yeah, I would say Vernon Davis is the best option to cuff him or another tight end, period, and stay away from Washington. I, I like Vernon Davis actually a lot more than Reed because I think um, Alex Smith has rapport with him from back in San Fran a little bit. So that could come into play, too. But um. Jordan Reed, I just don't trust it. I can't trust it. You know, he's awesome. He's like he's like Wag said, he's got that Kelsey upside, but that downside is like Tony Romo back spasms, bro, and I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um cool. I was reading something today about the top ten um top ten uh franchises as far as their net their what they're worth. And I, I just don't understand how this is, but the the, steel, uh, the Washington Redskins are a top 10 of all sports. This includes soccer over in Europe. It, I just don't understand how that is. But um, Location, location, location. Location, I guess. It's going to be interesting to see how a lot of new things happening over there. So I like the team. I'm wishing them the best. Um, definitely pretty excited to see the rookie uh, running back. They got geese and uh, guys, whatever. And, um, yeah. It should be fun. Let's go on to OJ Howard sitting here at number 10. Um, God, that seems a bit high to me. Um, I like him. I know he was a high draft pick, what, eighth or 10th or something last year as a rookie. Um, Had some moments. They get two good games. Um, But when you've also got uh, Brait sitting there, and maybe we should talk about them both collectively here. What uh, it, it seems, it seems pretty hard to believe that he's uh, going in in this spot. So OJ Howard and uh, Brait, I'll let you kind of. Um, God, we don't even have him on the list here either. I didn't do a great job. I don't think of uh, delivering these uh, these guys. Somehow I don't have OJ Howard on here. So let's do a little. Well, how, I could. Yeah, do a little go yeah, in. I could touch. Howard, I could touch a little, little bit on Howard, man. I think. I think on, the thing, thing is with how I want you to do. Well, there, it is. there, there, it is. there you go. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Nah, I mean, Howard was efficient, right? He 432 yards, six touchdowns. He, he had 39 targets, you know, but I mean, that's crazy. He was only 30 fantasy points behind Evan Ingram, despite 76 fewer targets. I, I think I think Howard, you know, has has upside and they didn't but they didn't pay break all that money to just sit on his ass either. The thing is, is is it gonna be Fitzpatrick? Is it gonna be um the the, the crab stealer? What's his name? Jameis Winston, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, this guy gets in trouble so much, are they gonna keep him on the roster even is the question that's going around right now. But uh, as far as Howard, I, I'm not worried. I think when he came out of what it was Alabama, you know, he he looked he looked solid, you know, and he may be that that um, run blocking kind of tight end hand in the dirt, but he gets after it and he makes catches. He's very efficient. Totally. Uh, you got anything to say? Yeah. Uh, get into it. Yeah, dude. You want to kick kind of uh, coordinated after that over into. Uh, uh, Cameron break, go for it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, I feel like he just had 
I mean, every time I saw a highlight of him last year, he was catching like some 30 or 50 yard touchdown, man. So I just, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think that those things are replicable. Um, yeah. And like Ripper was saying, man, you know, they just paid Cameron Brait six years, six year extension to this dude. So like, I just don't, no, I don't know what they I, I don't know why they drafted like it's kind of unclear what they're doing down. Maybe they could trade him. I don't know. Anyway, uh I'm, Yeah, I'm not I'm not that high on him. Um I'm definitely more high on Brait just because you know of that extension. Obviously they have plans for him. He was number eight tight end, I think, in standard last year. Um and so, yeah, I just don't know who, which kind of direction they're going. Because obviously, OJ, you know, every time every time he got the ball, it looked like he was standing on the field with nobody around him for like 20 yards. Weird. It's like, I, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, so Fitzy is starting uh, the first three games, which from what I looked up, I believe largely favored Howard uh, in the games he started last year. So, you know if you want to stream both those guys, kind of like a, a Jordan Reed burning kind of situation, maybe, I don't know. That's kind of playing you know, a little bit dicey, but uh, yeah, I just don't expect both of them to catch six TDs again this year. And that, they had that last year, especially since uh, Mike Evans only caught five touchdowns last year. And, you know, he usually catches like 12. So, that's well off his average. And I expect those numbers, you know, take away a little bit from both of them. But, uh, you know, I expect them to be losing a lot of games. So there might be, uh, there might be some, some catches in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I would consider Bray just a little better, uh, than Howard and, and maybe some great streaming options depending on, you know, matchups if they're playing, uh, you know, Atlanta or something and they're just going to get blown out and they got to pass it the entire second half of the game. But they, uh, I, I'm the, kind uh, of personal. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm just kind of personally staying away from, you know, the whole Bucks organization this year, unless I can get Mike, Mike Evans that early third round or something. But, you know, if you're playing a two tight end system or like uh, the streaming game or best ball, these guys are both, you know, they've had monster games last year, and they can definitely provide some value. So. Well, I like the uh, what Evan Silva on Twitter uh, kind of said about him. He said, difficult to carve out a big target projection for O.J. Howard. You mentioned, P.K., that maybe that's not necessary because uh, he can get it done with not too many targets. But to go on for O.J. Howard, but, man, I think his ceiling is huge if things break right. And here's the part I love about the tweet. Maybe better best ball than redraft pick, but a fun one either way. That's a great point. If you're in a best ball type of league, uh, drafting NFL 10s or anything else, uh, you know, some sort of pool league or whatnot, O.J. Howard, because of those explosion factor games, is a great pick. Um, You know, maybe not at where we have them, but I think we have them a bit higher than where – um, right now in our tiers than where OJ is realistically going. I'm looking at the ADP off of uh, um, off of the Fantasy Pros, and he's at 125. He's the 14th tight end 
um, instead of as we have him where we have him the the tent. So something to think about. Let's move on to the next guy, and this is a guy that you know I love, but an offseason move has really changed the landscape for him. Jack Doyle obviously had a great season last year, but they signed uh, Eric Ebron. Um, who's going to rock in on the Doyle, Doyle rules? Oh, Doyle rules. I got old Doyle. Yeah, man. Like you said, he had a monster season. He got, you know, caught 80 passes. He was like the number seven tight end, you know, and Andrew Luck wasn't even there. I mean, Jack Doyle, you know, 690 yards, four touches. He averaged 8.6 yards a catch, you know. His target share was sick. It was like 25%. But you said the major upside for him, could is that it? Is that where it's at? Because, I mean, like you said, Eric Ebron, you know. Yeah, but Eric Ebron, think about it. You know, he was so bad <laughs> that the Lions cut him. The Lions cut him before playing out his rookie contract. Doyle may not see the same target share with Ebron in the picture, but he'll likely get higher value targets with Luck back behind the center. There's a, you know, there's a difference between Brissett and Luck, and Doyle should see enough of the, see enough targets in scoring situations to inflate his fantasy points on more than just volume. Um, Ebron is his only competition really for targets, besides T.Y. Hilton, Chester Rogers, and Ryan Grant, and T.Y. is the only guy that I see in line for over 100 targets. You know, Doyle's position to see similar number of targets as last year with better scoring opportunities, especially with Luck running the show, you know. And and look at where he's going. He's going in the 11th round. You know, that's excellent value for a Jack Doyle. And I'm sure as it gets closer to the season, his cost will increase anyway. So you get him now, you get him cheaper. You know, he finished seventh overall last year. Come on now, you know. Ebron doesn't scare me that much. Plus, Luck, Luck had two top tight ends previously in the same season with Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener, right? In 2014, they both had eight touchdowns each. Yeah, I think the one thing also that I'm reading a lot is that people see an Ebron, uh, the signing of Ebron, obviously he's a tight end, but I think they're going to split him out. He's going to be another guy that doesn't really uh, put his knuckles on the grass too often. And they're kind of thinking that Ebron's receiving skills, he's a replacement to Moncrief. So, and you said the depth behind T.Y. Hilton, not too, um, not too impressive. So, uh, the question is, is Ebron eating into Doyle or is he eating into that Ryan Grant and the wide receiver situation? So, that's the – and the ADP, like you said, is pretty solid. So, um, I kind of like both the tight ends on this team, um, Doyle and Ebron. Ebron's one of the guys that, um, you know, I got to talk about here. Uh, he's in Indy. They, Today, they said that um, Andrew Luck is cleared. He's going to be, um, you know, throwing the ball without any, uh, not being held back in camp. And that's enormous. That's kind of the biggest unknown. One of the bigger unknowns in fantasy football, honestly. Stag Party, I know, and another other kind of great experts in the fantasy industry. Um, are, are And I'm going to be the same way because I've got, uh, you know, Luck as a keeper in two leagues, uh, last year I was able to draft Andrew Luck. Literally just doing this, I, I didn't think I would play him at all, but I got Luck in the 15th round last year in a keeper league. So I am basically grab, I basically got getting this year as a 13th round pick 
you know what? If he's playing and he's healthy, I'm not drafting a quarterback until I add my replacement of Andrew Luck. Um, so a lot of unknowns. Is he Ron the Moncrief replacement? Is he going to be the Eden to Doyle? I don't think it matters to both come with that value. Like you said, 11th later, um, go in there and you're, you're feeling good about it. So that's kind of my take on, uh, on them. Um, you know, it basically Ebron is kind of finished at the tight end position, kind of while we talk about a, a potential handcuff for competition there. He's basically been like 13 to 15 tight end every year. You know, he's like kind of underperforms, but it's not atrocious, not really a tight end that you can feel good about starting, um, especially considering I think he was the eighth overall pick four years ago of the uh, Detroit, maybe five. Um uh, but yeah, we'll see. Is, is that my question? Is he on the Moncrief replacement, or is he a Doyle um, target uh, Bogart? Um, anyone else you want to mention anything else on this guy or these guys? Yeah, I I earlier uh, earlier in the season I had kind of been down on Jack Doyle, um, but I think I'm I, I just keep thinking about it, and I just don't see a way. <laughs> where it, it doesn't happen. I was like, oh, well, what if, you know, Luck doesn't come back to what he was? Well, he's still going to be throwing short passes to the tight end. And, yeah, I don't think I don't think Ebron, you know, uh, even if he – they're going to play in a lot of two tight end sets, I'm sure, and, and have him out wide. But, yeah, I don't – I think there's going to be plenty to go around there, you know. Like, they don't really have a, a huge – pass catching running back i mean naheem himes might be that but uh he's gonna pepper ty and and they're gonna definitely need to uh uh play a lot of offense because they're they suck on on defense and and i think that division uh is gonna well well some of them are gonna light it up offensively i think houston and, and tennessee and jacksonville might play that slow ball because of their defense but yeah, I, I just don't see a way where he he isn't uh, a tight end one. I just, you know, and at, at drafting him there, it's, yeah, you're, you're winning every time. So I'm taking him. Cool. Let's move on to, we'll do the Tyler Eifert right now, and we'll kind of uh, bundle him up a little bit with Tyler Croft. I don't think we need to talk too, too long about these guys. Um, but um, who wants to dive into – um, some Eifert action. What do we have here? Um, I feel like we were. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a ripper. Um, let's just talk quickly about uh, the Bengals' tight end situation. Is Eifert cleared to play? Is he still banged up? I'm not going to say anything about these ones. Uh, again, I like Eifert because he literally won me a championship, I think, three years ago-ish. Um, but Tyler Croft was a solid replacement while he was down last year. And and I think Croft is going to end up being the guy to own in Cincinnati. I think Eifert is he's too much of a risk that comes with it. And you know you're not even though you're not spending a lot of draft capital, you're still spending a pick on him. And to me, I, I try to stay away from those guys who are often injured. You know, I mean, yeah, he has great absurd touchdown rates. You know what I mean? And he can get receiving guards, but. The, the, Tyler Eifert, man, could he stay healthy? That's the that's the main thing with him. And Croft, you know, Croft is Croft comes in and he plays consistent when he plays. You know, he's a good sub for him. And I think eventually they're going to be like, okay, we're tired of you keep getting hurt. 
you know, you're on a roster, we're going to have to let you go. Or even if they could find somebody who would take a chance to trade for him. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think Croft is the better, is the better one to own. Eifert has the higher ceiling when he's healthy, but Croft is, it can play just as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I like what I see. You got anything to uh, say, um, say on the uh, Eifert Croft side of the world? Uh, yeah. So he's, you know, he's another one of these guys like Reed he just can't seem to stay on a field. You know, in the last five years, he's only played more than 13 games, like twice. Uh, once in his rookie year, he played like 15 games in the third year. Uh, that was that year that he had like 13 fucking touchdowns. It was insane. But, uh, he, uh, he wasn't able to stay healthy in 2015. Um, and the word, that I've heard most recently from the Bengals is they don't know if he's going to be ready for training camp, which, uh, you know, is a pretty huge concern considering his history, how things just linger with him. He uh, a whole year but, off last year. Remember we thought yeah. a year ago, we thought he might come back and am I wrong? He was out the whole year, right? I mean, pretty much. It, yeah. Like that he was going to come back like week six and then like, nah, he didn't. So <laughs> I, I, I agree with the Tyler Croft. Um, this dude, he, you know, he's in his last year of his rookie deal. He hasn't been extended yet. Um, you know, the, the Bengals don't tight target the tight end as much as a lot of other teams, but where they do target them is the end zone. This dude, he scored seven touchdowns last year, which fit most among all tight ends. And he was, you know, it made him a tight end one, but, uh, you know, with the lack of yards, that makes him a little TD dependent. Uh, but you know, if you like to pick tight ends late, like I do, and stream these guys, uh, you could do you could do worse. Depending on your league bench, you know, rostering two, uh, it can be a little unsexy. But uh, you know, especially dudes you can't count on a lot of targets for. But anytime you can get a tight end one value is an opportunity you got to take advantage of. That's an interesting point. Last year, he had four receptions for 46 yards, no TDs on the season. In 2016, he had 29 receptions uh, for 394 and five TDs. Uh, so it's uh, he's got a lot to prove. Uh, he's 27 years old. Uh, the, actually, he'll be 28 by the time the season starts. Uh, I wish him the best. Um, I like what you say about if, if he's falling and people are like, I'm staying away. Grab him, and if the things go right and the injuries are are, are there, and um, he can can play these games, you know, Tyler Eifert could could produce. So, um, all right, let's move on to tier number four. Um, let's we're gonna we're gonna want to motor a little bit, uh, but before we get into this, let's listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, Trey Burton, Chicago Bear. Uh, obviously coming from the Eagles. He, people like this guy. I'm going to tell you right now. People are seemingly very high on him. Uh, going to that ADP uh, dealio that we've been talking about on Fantasy Pros. Uh, where did I do that? Did I lose it? I might have closed the window. No, I didn't. Um, he's actually the number 10 tight end, and he's 89. So we were talking about some tight ends lower, but we had them ranked higher. Uh, Trey Burton's a top 100 pick uh, based on some um, some mocking. Uh, basically, the top 100 pick of all the five sites. Uh, he's in the 80s on three, 
129 on one. Maybe they've got they don't devalue tight end and 96 on another. Uh, I'm going to let you kind of go on a wags. I think you like them. Uh, give me the reasons why, what you expect. I'm not going to say a word. I want him to be awesome because I'm a Bears fan. But uh, after whatever he throws down, PK, if you uh, if you want to uh, chime in, go for it, and then we'll move on to the next dudes. Yeah. So Burton, this is my dude this year. This is uh, uh, you know who I I want in every draft. Unfortunately, like you're saying, it seems like he's everyone else's dude in the world as well. So um, I love I love this opportunity here. That young quarterback Rubisky, surrounded by good weapons at like pretty much all the other positions. Uh, you know, Bears new head coach Matt Nagy said they they're gonna definitely do some things that they did in Kansas City. So if that's the case, that's great news for Burton. Uh, you know, because Kansas City targets a tight end more than most other NFL teams. So um, he wasn't really showcased in Philly, obviously, because they had Zach Ertz, but the dude caught a touchdown every like four and a half receptions, which is insane. And I don't certainly expect him to continue that, but it's clear they will use this dude in the red zone. Uh, the Bears, you know, they've also said they will be moving Burton around in the offense a little bit in different positions, similar to what Travis Kelsey does in KC. So that's going to allow him to get open in a lot of different areas of the field. Uh, I also like this dude's attitude. just loves football. Um, he also might have a chip on his shoulder as he went undrafted, just wants to win. Um, the Bears – also have Adam Shaheen, who's a giant freaking dude, but he also caught a TD every four receptions last year, which is just insane. And it would definitely be an asset if Burton were to go down with an injury, but I think they're going to, I mean, I think Burton in, he's a pretty good run blocker. So I don't know if he's going to come out of the game a whole lot, but um, I don't think you need to handcuff Burton at all. I, uh, I'm. This is this is who I want. This is the offense that's going to take a huge leap. I think uh, they're going to have to in this division. Uh, um, I, oh, and I, they only play Minnesota sort of defense once in the regular season of fantasy, so that's kind of huge too. Um, but they're going to need to score a lot of points. Um, so I think Burton. He'll. I think he'll get 100 plus targets. Uh, I think he can score anywhere from six to maybe even 10 touchdowns. And I, I'm big on him. So I think he can be maybe a top five tight end. Wow, I like it. Um, he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. What do you got, PK? Yeah, I mean, I like Burton too. Just on the fly with Burton is, man, you know, he's on that Andy Reid coaching tree, and he still knows that playbook. He's coming into an offense he's familiar with. And Mitchell Palooza over there, he's going to have he's gonna have some nice targets this year going for your Bears over there, buddy, with A-Rob and him. And um, Tariq Cohen should flourish in Nagy's offense, too. I think it's going to be open season for the NFC North right now, and the Bears are going hunting. Love it. Yeah, dude, uh, Robinson cleared to play as of yesterday. Pretty psyched. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I don't. I think we're – I remember the, 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 the Lions back right when around Calvin Johnson was starting up. They had these, like, great teams. They're like, oh, they're going to turn around. And it kind of took them three years to actually do it. So I'm not going to start tooting any Bears horn too much. But I'll tell you this, the guy that goes to about uh, four to six games a season, I'm much more pumped – 
to be doing that this year than I have been for the past two seasons. I think last year I went to two <laughs> games, which is my lowest um, in the last, you know, basically six, seven years. Um, I will definitely be hitting, you know, probably five or six of the eight uh, home games this year. And I think we can make the playoffs. So, cool. I like Burton. I think the one question I've got with Burton is we did take Shaheen in the second round last year. He's an athletic freak. He's like 6'7", and he's just uh, he's just a beast of an athlete. Um, so if, if the things can click with him, and uh, kind of I mentioned earlier, or if I didn't, I meant to, um, you know, second year is a good year for the tight end. Um, Gronk and Jimmy in 2011 both had their breakout seasons. Not saying Shaheen is either of those guys, uh, but in the same way, maybe um, O.J. Howard and um, who's the other uh, tight end? that Cameron Bray. Yeah, Cameron Bray. Uh, no, who's the other the rookie tight end? He's going into his second year this year. I'm spacing. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, Shaheen things start clicking then you just don't know if that's going to be one of those things where if he's just really good, uh, it's going to be hard for them to go, but Trey Burton who's a great football player, but not a freak. And if the freaks kind of start getting the football side and they don't have to think about it and just start making disgusting plays, kind of like a guy we're going to talk about a little bit um, later with Mike uh, Gusecki. um, We'll see. So that's my only worry is they did – it's kind of like what you said earlier with uh, drafting O.J. Howard. It's like, obviously, we didn't have Trey last year. Um, we had the uh, we had the dude that got totally a career-ending injury. Sorry, I'm fucking up his name Wilson. right now. Yeah. Uh, but he just – why did we draft this guy? At this point, it's like – but maybe Gasicki or not Gasicki, uh, um Shaheen turns into a total beast. So – that's my only fear is if he's a stud, then things could be uh, not as great for Burton. Uh, all right. Oh, brother. Somebody's been waiting for this moment. The whole show, tier four, <laughs> number 14, not the back-to-back here. Wags is uh, two favorite guys. Burton into a George Kittle. Uh, talk to us about your uh, your Kittle love. Yeah, man. Well, obviously, I'm a, I'm a 49er homer here. But uh, uh, Kittle, he's my backup plan for Burton. Uh, I think he's a really sneaky, sneaky dude on this offense. He was mainly a blocker in college on an Iowa team that ran the ball a lot, so he didn't really go that high in the draft. Um, and But he did lead the Hawkeyes in uh, receiving touchdowns in 2015 with six on only two receptions which uh, generally, you know, would lead some to believe that most of those TDs were red zone opportunities. But uh, I'd looked it up. And he had six touchdowns on two receptions? 20. 20, sorry. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> this guy is <laughs> Otherworldly, man. No, but he, aver- and he averaged 14 and a half yards per reception that year, which – so he was being targeted downfield a lot. He was a sp- uh, physical specimen at the, uh, at the combine. He runs the- – Four five forty, so he's pretty much a mismatch to nearly anyone he's you know being guarded by. He's six four two fifty, so it, it, he's like a giant wide receiver. Uh, and being that he you know blocked uh, all through college, um, but he's also a speed game at the position. You know Shanahan is likely going to plug this dude in in more scripts to optimize his skill. Um, I know Selleck was in the game a little bit last year, but I don't. I think he's just going to 
get Kittle uh, in there as, as much as possible. Um, he had 63 targets last season. I expect this offense to be infinitely improved uh, with Jimmy G. Um, he could, I think he could be, I think it could be one of the top 15 offenses in the league. You know, San Francisco lacked a red zone efficiency last year. And obviously Kittle was there, but, uh, I think they're going to, they're going to change that. Nobody else has the size that he does. Uh, they don't lack, they, they don't have a typical wide receiver one that leaves a, a lot of targets out there to be shared. They also threw the rock more like 600 times 607 times last year i think and that might be the most in the nfl i don't know that's a lot that's a lot uh yeah so there's gonna be a lot of dudes catching balls if that's what's going on and uh you know that target share is a little less saturated this year i think the more they have a more targeted to their core group of five or six guys instead of like 10 they had like 10 guys that had over 30 catches last year. Just, I think they were kind of uh, figuring out who is good. You know, there's like, let's get all these rookies and these second year guys out here to catch balls and see which one of them makes it. So now that Shanahan's kind of got his guys in there and figuring out what's going on, um, I think that that is going to, guys' target share is going to go up and the guys at that bottom of the, those, those, 10 guys that caught passes last year, those guys are not going to get as much. So um, I I think he can get, you know, 80 to 90 targets, might have 700 yards, five to seven touchdowns. That could be slamming right in that sixth or seventh ranked tight end. Uh, I'm buying this dude all day if I can't get Burton. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, it's, but who knows? You know, a lot can change while you're drafting. If, if a bunch of guys fall to me in certain spots, I might feel super confident in, in just taking a chance on GK special ceiling and uh, never looking back. Well, Kittle, the one thing you got to remember, he's a fifth-round pick. Um, and last year, uh, going back to two year, uh, 2000, so the, the new millennium we're in, um, he had last that his season last year was the tenth best rookie season uh, for receiving yards at 515. So you think about that over the course of 17 seasons, um, that was one of the top 10 uh, seasons as a rookie. And I think we can all agree that he, there was room for improvement. He had Bethard, another uh, I guess Bethard was on was his quarterback on Iowa, so that might have uh, helped him a bit, but. Um, these guys, uh, he's got a lot of room for improvement. So I'm with you. I think, I think there's no question Kittle's a top 10 tight end this year. And of all the guys that we're talking about down here, you know, he's in the second guy in tier four at 14. I mean, I think he, of all the guys even beneath him, maybe there's one other dude in Vance McDonald that we'll talk about has the highest upside ceiling. Yeah, I, 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 I like Kittle. Go for it, PK Rips. Yeah, no, nah, I'm with you guys on this, and this is that value guy who I love too. Is George Kittle, man? I mean, with him and what Jimmy G are doing in Kyle Shanahan's offense too. 
I think I think Kittle's in line to have many years of greatness. I I look at his his stature and just the way his athleticism is. He looks like he looks like a baby Kelsey to me. You know, I think he's got years of production, and he could be a fantasy mainstay. And if you can get him on the cheap, you get him on the cheap now because next year he won't be that cheap. Great point. Great point. This is the year. This is that kind of. This is that uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham in 2011-2012 where you get him for a value because I I do feel like a year from now we're going to be talking about Kittle probably in that tier two, maybe high tier three kind of guy. All right. This is the year that you date your stripper, right? (laughs) Yeah. I I try and date a stripper every year. Um, Every year. But... uh, (laughs) I do well, like Jimmy G. You could do it, right? <laughs> Hanging out with a porn star who's porn literally. Star, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, not that I knew her by name beforehand, <laughs> but one of the ugliest porn stars there is. Sorry, um, I, I haven't repeat um, as my buddy calls his his my buddy calls his iPad, and he's married. I'm like he calls his iPad his eye jerk. <laughs> Maybe she just makes up for the looks and skills. Yeah. I'm like, what books are you reading on your iPad? He's like, I've not downloaded one friggin' book on this thing. I'm like, what do you do on your, I'm like, do you do on your iPad? He's like, my iPad is the eye jerk. The eye jerk. <laughs> he's married. He's got a kid. You know the guy's like pretending like he's reading like some magazine or doing some shit. Brings it into the toilet while he's dropping a deucer. And uh, yeah. he, he's, he's going right to rep tube. Um, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Um, let's get to the next dude on this, unless anyone, one of you guys want to talk about uh, George Kittle a little more. No, I, I think I'm good. Nope. Jared Cook. We don't have a name for him on anyone, so let's just gloss over it. I ain't got nothing to say on him. Uh, again, he's one of those kind of guys that's a yin or yang. It could be high, it could be low. He could have a great season. He's a good player. Uh, he's not, I think he's getting up there in age, but. Derek Carr, I mean, he's got, he's going to have his moments, but I, I, I don't know why. He's just not going to really be on any of my teams. Yeah, yeah I, Cook, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is with Cook is, is consistency, and he's got alligator arms, bro. This dude doesn't catch everything that's thrown his way. I mean, and I, I just don't even want to even kind of, fathom what John Gruden is going to do. He's in the freaking the, the DeLorean right now, and the flux capacitor is going back to the past, and he's trying to bring back whatever Raider glory John Madden had. I don't know. This dude, I, I, who, I can't even guess what they're doing over there. They brought in Doug Martin. I mean, it just looks like a fucking dumpster fire going on in Oakland, and they're just trying to burn it down before they go to Vegas. What idiots! They gave that guy a hundred million dollars. Like, God. it's like it's like yeah. he's he's basically uh, sorry to get political here. Basically, Davis's uh, Davis's like Donald Trump to um, friggin' uh, what uh, Gruden's Putin. Yeah, <laughs> people just stop. Like a number of people just like fuck this this libtard show. <laughs> I don't yeah I don't, I, no more PT politics <laughs> I don't like I don't like Cook man he you know yeah like you're saying man it looks like they just they, they just brought on like every other team's garbage to this team like you know I, 
Jordy Nelson, Martavis. I like Jordy's value that he's going at. If he can be Jordy of old, which I don't think there's any reason why. I don't think he's going to be amazing, but he's still got a good quarterback. I like Jordy Nelson's value, right? He's like going like it's like a 30th, 30th or lower wide receiver, but we'll, we'll stick to tight ends. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think they're going to feed. Yeah. I mean, he, and he could take over that, that red zone area that you know cook i mean cook's pretty fast so he can kind of stretch the field but yeah he's getting older i think they're gonna pepper pepper cooper from what i don't know gruden's saying who knows if that's true but yeah i i don't want anything to do with any part of the raiders <laughs> yeah i can't wait to go to vegas though and go and talk about some of those uh porn star strippers and uh, stuff like that, and then go to see a Raiders game on Sunday. That's going to be pretty dope. Um, That's what right, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to be able to see the Jets and Raiders. The year one that, that that place opens, we're going to have a, a pyro party out there. And um, Oh, shit. No wives, no children. And, Hell, yeah. Uh, wreak some havoc. That, that shit's going to be crazy. Um, let's go on to the next dude, uh, David Nyoku. I don't really have much to say about the guy. I, I'm a little worried about – um, you know, if it's Tyrod Taylor and they do sit uh, Baker, uh, he, he just he just doesn't have a, he doesn't get enough throws and there's not enough volume for all the mouths that they have to feed on that team from the wide receiver position, the running back. So, well, I, well, I like uh, Nyoku. I think he's uh, he's a great player. I just don't know if um, I just don't know if, if if it's there right now. I think he could be much better. The next uh, year or two, when Mayfield gets his opportunity to run the show, but um, I think he's a great player. I think he's probably another one of those best ballers uh, that is going to have a couple big games when it's his his name's called and it's his day and the matchups and whatnot uh, work in his favor. But something tells me the receiving game, while the volume's low, we just know that through Taylor. I don't think that changes now that he went from the Bill of uh, the Buffalo to the the Browns. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe maybe we see a swift uh, insertion of uh, of Mayfield, and if that happens, we know that uh, you know a nice blanket for rookies is the is the tight end. So we'll see. I'm I'm kind of staying clear. If he's if he is falling and everyone feels the same way, maybe I'll pounce in the in the teens or something, um, and just kind of roll the dice that maybe he he can make it happen. He's the other guy that I was talking about season. Two. So it was OJ Howard and uh, David. So he's the guy that, that could could have it happen. So I don't know. That's all I got to say on him. Do you guys have anything uh, you think he, you like him? You think there's some upside? Are you worried about uh, too many miles to feed? What, where do you guys think on him in a, in a brief moment so we can get to the next dude? Yeah, I mean, with Najoku, I, I like what Cleveland's done. Overall, as a team, added a lot of talent to that team, and I think they're going to be a better offense this year. I think Todd Holy, Todd Haley, I'm sorry, is going to be is going to be the be the head coach by the fifth game of the season. And I think I think Tyrod finally gets a chance to be unleashed. I think Buffalo held him back more than him holding himself back. 
yeah, he's a he's a, a game manager type quarterback, but he can throw a deep ball pretty good. And Josh Gordon can get open. If you pull the top off of the defense, there's all kinds of room for Jarvis Landry to to suck up a, a corner. And then guess what? Who's the open guy? Njoku who's the open guy. They don't like Corey Coleman at all. They're trying to trade his ass. So I think Njoku could have sneaky games, like you said, in that best ball format, he's the guy. I also like him as a tight end streaming option or a bi-week fill-in. Look at where your other tight ends are going and see where Njoku fits on the schedule, where the matchups are, and then, you know what, he's a plug-and-play guy, and who knows, he could be that guy in the red zone. Gordon gets him down to the two-yard line, and Jarvis Landry's overcovered. Who's the open guy, you know? Nice. You got anything to say on him, uh, Wags? Uh, not much, you know, I, I, he's a talented dude, but, uh, yeah, I just think too many mouths there and yeah, they, they probably do increase, uh, Tyrod's, you know, attempts, but man, there's just, it feels like there's just too many dudes there that have so many targets. So I just don't think he, yeah, but like you said, uh, you know, as a streaming option, he's going to definitely have at least one big game. So cool. let's, um, Let's move on to our next guy, and this is going to be heading your way, PK Rips, Charles Clay. Let's uh, let's talk about him briefly. And uh, in the next in the next little tier, uh, we've, we've we've spoken about some of these guys already in the handcuffs handcuff sense. But um, let's I, I would like to get to thirty five. So let's speed it up a little bit on some of these guys. Well, Clay. Clay is like, you know, he's like that guy that you look at him and you're like, he could have a great week, but then you start him and he totally shits the bed on your team. I don't want anything to do with Charles Clay. And the quarterback situation, if it's A.J. McCarron or Josh Allen, who the hell knows it's who he's going to be, or Peterman, five-pick Peterman, I'm good. Clay has upside if they ever get consistent with anything, but Buffalo has been inept in it. And almost every facet of the game, except running the football. And who knows how they'll do this year if LaShawn McCoy even plays and what kind of pressure it'll be. Clay may have targets if they decide they're just going to throw it everywhere. But that's because there's no one else there to throw to. So, I mean, there's no receiving weapons there, you know. So you could put him in best ball and hope for the best. But I don't see Clay doing anything. Yeah, I agree. Wags, I say we don't even talk about him. I don't even want to. Nice. (laughs) Um, Let's move on to our next dude. I agree with that. I agree with you. I think he should have been in that next tier. Um, And I know Stags doesn't even – no one really likes – I haven't heard anyone be like, Charles Clay, targeting (laughs) that guy. That's my dude. It's just hard to do that. Um, All right, tier five. This is number 18. Ebron, we already spoke about him. If you got anything else to say about him, so be it. But in all honesty, we already spoke about him. So uh, let's move on. He's um, number <laughs> the next guy is tier five, number nineteen. I like this dude a lot. Vance McDonald traded right before the season started last year from San Francisco. Um, you know they obviously had gotten their kittle. They knew they were they they were done with uh, um, McDonald. I think also. But McDonald, not also. McDonald was like a second-round pick. So he was highly, highly drafted. Here's what I'll say about McDonald. He's uh, he's a pretty sweet athlete. He's a pretty good player. 
And the last time, last game he played in the uh, divisional playoff game against Jacksonville, he had 10 catches on 16 targets for 112 yards. So I like that trajectory that the last game he played on a team that he was learning the system. And to be honest, I think from week 14, 16, 17, he was doing all, and then obviously that great playoff game against Jacksonville, uh, he was, he was finally getting some targets and being in there. So I personally think that the James, uh, uh, James guy is, is definitely on the outs um, compared to a Vance McDonald. I think he falls, Vance falls into the zone where he's a value pick. And if he's the number one tight end, that's getting all the big Ben uh, love. He, he does kind of feel like Kittle does to um, uh, all, all of us pretty much. He feels like maybe that guy that's kind of like you can get for a complete value. He's a top 10 tight end at the end of the year. And uh, he kind of really helps catapult your team into that zone where um, you're potentially winning a playoff. I mean, is he going to just light it up uh, week to week? No, but he can really give you that consistent layer at a position that sometimes um, – Sometimes you get a lot of Dudley uh, stuff happening. So I like that about him. Martavis is gone. Martavis replaced by a rookie, Washington. Uh, Washington, it seems like it's going to be a deep threat. So it seems like uh, you got the best wide receiver in the league in Antonio Brown. You got the best pass-catching running back out of the backfield in Le'Veon Bell. It just seems like Vance McDonald kind of is in the perfect situation uh, of any tight end out there. That's all I got. Who's got something? We'll move on? No, I could say, I, I mean, the thing more advances, bro, and you left out a key component on Pittsburgh, and that's Juju. And and he's, he's a guy who could really affect Vance. And plus, at the end of the day, Jesse James is still there. Xavier Grimble, whether you like him or not, he's still someone that's there. I mean, Vance really, his overall body of work hasn't really shown much to me. I agree with to that. trust him, to trust him as a starter. But I mean, like you said, if you could grab him and then if you have roster space or if you even put him on waiver watch, you know what I'm saying? And you got the little flag on him and if something happens, you grab him up. But I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh, and I don't think Vance McDonald is going to be one of them that they're going to prioritize to feed. Uh, okay, I, I I love I love the counteraction. I I, I, think, I, didn't, I didn't want to shoot you down, bro. No, I, it's not you. I the want, player I want, is just the player. Hey, dude, I want you to. I completely agree. His body of work has left, left many things to. He was a dud second round pick. I'm pretty sure he was second round pick by the Niners. Like I completely agree, yeah, but I do think it's um. I think I think this is he's finally got his opportunity to to do something, and hopefully he does. But I, I think namesake wise, I mean, I'll go to that. I'll go to that doc. Where's Where's Vance at? Vance, find Vance. One sixty five. He's tight end eighteen. So you're basically able to just like pick the guy up in one of these mock drafts. He's two eleven. Uh, in in CBS, he's actually two one twenty. That's pretty funny. That's almost a hundred. Yeah, he'll probably get undrafted in any league that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll my di- the dice on him and hope that uh, that last game that he had as a as a Steeler is 
uh, signs to for the future. So, but we'll see. But I completely agree. It's the kind of pick that it could be my third, third, second drop. Um, <laughs> just if he's just not getting the snaps, he's not getting the snaps. All right, let's move on to um, Austin uh, Hooper. That's going to be uh, somebody. Let's let's talk about him pretty quickly, Wags. And um, I don't really have anything to say to him, to be honest. I. I watch whenever I watch Atlanta. I'm pretty much focused on the backfield, and I'm I watch every route that uh, that Julio Jones does just because he's so exciting. Like Hooper to me, it just seems like this guy that it's a hard job to replace uh, Gonzalez after his last three years there. But he just I'm not, just not sure that it's ever formalized. And again, we're talking down here now, uh, late teens guys that might not even get drafted or. Uh, are probably not going to do very much for you. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Hooper? Uh, yeah, he's going to be kind of a tough guy to roster for me this year. Uh, you know, but if you're a tight end streamer, he could provide some value. But you know, they, with Calvin Ridley coming in there in the mix, I, I kind of only see him as a red zone threat. But both of those, both Ridley and Julio, are tall, even though they don't ever throw Julio the ball. But uh, you know, he caught seventy five percent of his balls thrown to him, which is pretty sweet. Um, we only got in the end zone three times, and, and that's the thing with the tight ends, man. He, you know, he ended up as tight end 18 last year, uh, but if he caught two more touchdowns, it would have been tight end 12. So the, the point spreads between the tight ends is pretty small. Uh, so a touchdown here, a touchdown there can make the difference. I just don't know if he's going to get enough of them, especially with both those running backs and, yeah, and all the, the aerial weapons that they have outside of Hooper. So uh, I, I, I don't want him. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the Hooper here. I'm <laughs> saying that this guy, he, he's got upside. You know, it's just, are they going to even throw the ball to the tight end as much? You know, did they, they, they throw anybody the ball in the end zone? Julio doesn't get touchdowns. Hooper <laughs> doesn't get touchdowns. Who gets the touchdowns in Atlanta? Well, obviously no one last year because that offense sucked. What a regression <laughs> that happened. But um, it's Sarkeesian just kills it. Dude, they just need to figure it out. I mean, Calvin Ridley there, that should, that should open up some things, but they got Sanu there still, you know, there's and freaking um, Freeman is a great pass catching back. So if he could stay healthy too, I don't really see much going on for Hooper. He has upside. If they decide they want to get the tight end involved, they haven't had a tight end that was any good since Gonzalez and, and they caught him on the latter years too. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I know Hooper's not going to be on my teams. Agreed. Uh, next guy we had at 21 was Cameron Bray. We discussed him already um, while talking about O.J. Howard. I think all of us kind of felt that – do you guys think Bray is – uh, should he be rated uh, or uh, ranked higher than O.J.? Or is this – because he's literally like 10 guys lower. Um, quickly, we'll just, we don't need to talk about him. But I think – Who would you pick – who, who would you pick first if both are available? Howard. Right. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't. I, I don't have an answer. I'm not. I'm not I think they're close though. Back. They're they're closer than ten spots away from each other. I would think. You know. Yeah, I agree. But and Howard I, has that explosive play that if you're in a league that rewards bonuses for big play touchdowns, Howard is your guy. I agree with that. But the one thing I will say is the one. Braid's best games and his best moments came with Fitz Magic. 
and right now yeah. numb nuts is fucking suspended. Uh, isn't Cameron Bray? Yeah, Cameron Bray went to Harvard. So the, he's him and Fitzpatrick are both Harvard guys. Um, With a beard. Yeah. <laughs> I was I got accepted to Harvard, but it was just really expensive. And I just didn't want I, I didn't want to go. I was just like, you know what? I'd rather go to the University of Kansas. You know, I only got accepted a semester and my, my parents were like, you know what? You're right. Let's 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 do that. We'll, but you'll have more money per week to go to the bars and not study and do shit. So that was basically my college career. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go on to, oh, I have a feeling someone's getting excited, chomping at the bit on this one. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh He had his opportunity. Now now what are you going to say? You you like him or are you going to bash him right now? Nah, I like him. I was big on Austin Safarian Jenkins last year. You know, of course, my fandom was always there. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But he was a good story. You know, he had some demons he was dealing with early in his career in Tampa. You know, he kind of took care of them, served two-game suspension, and seems to overcome them. You know, I mean, who doesn't like a comeback story, right? He he looked you know, he looked apart when he played last year. You know, he had 74 targets in 14 games with, with my Jets. But um, but he only topped 46 yards just one time, you know. And he ended the year with 50 receptions and just under, you know, 360 yards. And he had three touchdowns. Should have been five, okay. No player got robbed by the refs more last year than ASJ did. That week six game, bro, at MetLife against New England still kills me. Fucking fumble and touch back my ass. Uh, so so far this preseason, though, the early rumblings out of Jacksonville are, are pretty much raving that ASJ has become Blake Bortles' favorite target, you know. But this comes as no surprise. He's a big boy, you know, and he's a 33-year-old, you know. He, I mean, I'm sorry, he's not 33. I'm sorry. He, you know, he, he had a 33-year-old run blacking tight end, um, Mercedes Lewis, right? Had five yeah. touchdowns last year for the Jags, you know. And ASJ is significantly better weapon than him and has a chance to finally realize his potential this year in an offense that has less than stellar receiving, right? Everybody's pretty much depleted, gone. A-Rob's gone. Hearns is gone, right? Um, It's a run-heavy offense with a tight end-friendly quarterback, you know? His ADP is pretty low, you know? You could get him. You know, he's probably like the 20th tight end going off the back end of the 12th round right now. He could be a steal if you get him. As a second tight end, I mean, he does have upside if he could develop that hype rapport with Bortles. He's a huge target, bro, 6'5". And, you know, I, I think during the season, Houdini will have him as a waiver wire pickup gem. Just be ready if, if your first choice at the position doesn't work out as hoped. Well, I'm, I'm down with that program. I think if he can't get it done this year, I think I got to jump off and not give him another chance. But I do like this new setting – and as you said, some of the demons, whether it's booze or uh, Big Macs, uh, seem, <laughs> seem to be uh, behind him a little bit. And uh, I, I'm ho- I, I, I'm rooting for him. You know, this is, he was a, he was another guy. I'm pretty sure he was pretty highly drafted. Uh, he was a first rounder, right? No, he was a second rounder. Right, the Bucks <laughs> took him in the second. Okay, second. Like the Thirty-eight. I think it was the thirty-eighth pick or something. It was like in the beginning of the second round. Though it was early. 
Cool. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the guy. Let's move on to the next one. This is going to be tier number six. Before we do this, do me a favor and listen to a word from our sponsor. Sweet. We're going to do a lightning round here, and basically everything's going to be a little lightning. We're all we're, it's, it's lightning round from from now on. Um, first thing before I even get into this tier, uh, this tier uh, six, I think I might have said five earlier. Sorry. Um, is there any is there any rookies that you guys um, that you guys like? Is Hayden Hurst gonna do anything? Uh, are you feeling? Is Gasecki gonna do anything? Or is there? Are you guys feeling like there's a rookie that you're gonna throw give a shot to? I like both those guys you named. Um, Miami likes to target the tight end a lot. You know, I think he could be in line. Gusecki could be in line to get get some targets. But Hurts, Hurts too in Baltimore, they like throwing to the tight end, right? Pitta was pretty good. Watson was okay. You know, I mean, they they'll get targets. It's just can they pick up the offense fast enough because you know how it is with the tight ends. You touched on it earlier. Usually it's like the second or third year is when a tight end really could get the flow of everything and kind of play football without thinking as much. You know, I think that's where it comes from. The tight end position requires a lot of thought process. And I think these players, they come in and the ones who the game slows down for, they catch it quick. But the ones who don't, they're the ones who get stuck behind. Totally. Um, right on. I don't have, what about you? I don't have much uh, uh, insight about either of them. Um, I, I mean, yeah, they're, they're rookies. They're not on offenses that I think are going to do uh, a whole lot, and they have many other weapons in place. I just don't – I mean, maybe streaming or, and maybe definitely in, in tight end too, but, yeah, I just can't uh, – I can't get on board with either of them. Gusecki seems like the one thing you need to see that I like is that he kind of seems like he's got some freak talent or he's already made some plays in the OTAs that people are like, whoa, one in the catches, looks big. Tannehill's uh, the guy there. I don't know. I think he's he's a dude that I will roll the dice on. I mean, again, I don't think I'm dra- – I'm not drafting him. I am in a couple leagues where you go 24 deep, and I'm in a couple leagues in those 24 deeps where – you, we have to uh, start a rookie position, uh, but never once has one of those rookie positions being filled by a tight end guy really done anything for you. So a little worried about him, but there's something in the back of my mind that maybe just maybe this guy can uh, have that serendipitous uh, blowout mo- uh, kind of season and, and be like a shocky esque Just maybe. I'm not going to draft him. I'm not saying it could happen, but – be, keep an eye on him as a, as a fantasy owner, and you said stream and pounce uh, on the waiver wire if, if it seems like week one or if it seems like preseason that he's basically going to be the number one tight end, which seems very highly likely, um, and he's getting targets, and Tannehill and him have a nice rapport, and then week one he gets uh, some action, and he's playing a lot of snaps and getting some targets like – Maybe just just keep an eye on that. Maybe it's maybe it can turn into something. All right, uh, tier number six. Ricky Seal Jones just got arrested uh, yesterday, right? Had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, he's trying I gotta to go pee. Gotta go pee. Got trespassing, so 
He's actually a specimen. I, there's things I like about him a lot. Again, we're getting down deeper where um, almost none of these guys, none of these guys are really draftable. Uh, but he's a player to watch out. Maybe especially um, with either quarterback, with a Bradford or a Rosen. So that's all I got for him. He had a couple great games two years ago, I believe. Last year, uh, he last kinda, year, right? Was it last year? Okay, so yeah, last year. Um, he had he had some good games down the stretch. Um, I had to start him. I remember in one league uh, where I I don't know why I had to start him, but it wasn't that great at the time. And he didn't do shit. So um, let's move on. Like two games back to back, right? That were pretty decent. Yeah, I picked him up in my in my dynasty league. I got Gronk there, and I'm just kind of streaming for backup tight ends at the time. And he had a couple good games. I still hold on to him though. I think I think there's upside there. You know, I think Fitzgerald's got only a little bit left to go. And, and you know, um, who's the quarterback there? Rosen. I think Rosen, you know, when he or gets Bradford. in, he might, he, might, he might lean on him a little bit in the beginning. You know, I know Bradford's there, too, and Bradford's an accurate thrower. So, and, and as far as worrying about him this year, I wouldn't. I think the suspension would come probably the beginning of next season anyway. At least that's what I'm gathering from the information that I follow. But um, I think Ricky Seals-Jones has upside, and he's somebody just kind of keep keep a pulse on. You know, I, I, you can't start him or anything until you see him put together a couple of games that makes you confident enough to do it anyway. Cool. Let's move on to the next guy, Luke Wilson. Um, not the Luke Wilson that you would think. Not uh, <laughs> Owen's brother. Um, this is the guy. Where did where did he go? He used to be on Seattle, didn't he? Not sure. Not sure. Um, he is now. What? Oh my god. Oh yeah, he's on the Lions. Sorry. So he went. He went to the Lions. I mean, just not a guy. So he's the Ebron role. Hmm. Maybe that's interesting. I don't know. It, again, none of these guys are draftable. So if you have anything to say, but Wilson now Wilson with two L's is now on the Lions. Any you guys got anything on him? No. Nope. I mean, Luke, you know, he's just a Lions tight end. When's the last time a Lions tight end was really good? Who was it, Brendan Pettigrew? Yeah, and he was he was a letdown as well. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm good with Lions tight ends. Even though I took him as like a 23rd round flyer in Scott Fish, you know, I'm just hoping for the best for anything out of that, but – that's yeah, not really? a bad. That's, he's not a bad best ball pick. If he's starting, nah. and he well, got fish is your best ball though. You like still that. have to. You, I'd probably end up dropping him for my first waiver wire pickup anyway. So tier uh, number twenty five uh, tight end Jesse James. We already talked about him. Ben Watson going back to the place where he actually had his uh, finest moments. Uh, I, I don't know if it was. Four years ago, maybe three. Then Watson. Yeah, three. Okay, so three years had a nice. He had a nice season with uh, the Saints. Uh, went over, made some money uh, with the tight end love and Ravens, uh, and now he's back there. And this is uh, he's for all intents and purposes with Fleener being cut. Um, he's he's their tight end one. So he's he's up there in years, but. Um, in a quick happenstance, is Ben Watson a late night, a, a, a late round flyer that you're willing to pick? That you know, maybe he can even come somewhere in the vicinity of what he did last time he was with Breeze. Go for it, Wags. I like this dude. 
Uh, I, I just like the position he's in. Uh, he doesn't care that he's old. Um, yeah, and like you said, in 2015, he had like 74 receptions, 825 yards, and six touchdowns. That's, I mean, that's that's killing it. And I, I definitely think Breeze is gonna, you know, increase his touchdowns from last year. That was a, a severe off year that I don't think is gonna get repeated. And I, I mean, he's another guy that if I miss out on, you know, all my late rounders, I, I I'll gladly pick up uh, at the end of the draft. Cool. Love it. Um, let's go on to the next dude. And this is the next tier, tier seven. We're going to, we're, you know, we're kind of, we're at a point where we're none of these guys draftable. So we're just going to, we talked about a few of them as well. We're just going to kind of power through them. Tyler Croft, 27th. We've already talked about him. Steven Anderson. So, you know, we, you guys like him. Um, let's just talk quickly. Both will gang up uh, the tech, the two Texan tight ends we have here, Steven Anderson and Ryan Griffin. Is anything there to be excited about or, you know, quickly? I don't think so. I don't, they don't target the tight end enough over there to no. even warrant picking them up. They like Lamar Miller out of the backfield catching the ball. They like Nuke, of course, and then Will Fuller coming back healthy. I don't, I don't think they're, they're even concerned about throwing the ball to the tight end, honestly. I mean, the last tight end that was any relevant there was, what, Owen Daniels for a year or two? I mean. Ugh. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I agree. We'll see. Too bad Ryan Griffin shows some promise in his first couple of years, but just doesn't seem like he's going to uh, turn that corner. Uh, well, it's just not a good fit, you know? He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Hayden Hurst, we talked about. Ed Dixon, eh. um, you know, he's – I'm pretty sure he's in the same spot with the Ravens. Uh, you can't do much. We talked about it. Uh, Adam Sheehan. So let's get to the next tier, tier eight. There's really nothing. We talked about uh, Vernon Davis. The first guy we got is Gates, who's not signed with the team right now. Um, even though Hunter Henry is out for the season, he's still not signed by the uh, um, Chargers, unless I'm wrong. And he, somehow he signed, and I didn't read that news. But pretty sure he's pretty sure Breaking he's news. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure he's a free agent. And then the other guy, Gerald Everett, um, who was a very promising tight end out of uh, Old Miss? I don't. I forget where he was, but he's got some knee injuries. Um, you know, again, none of these guys are you drafting. So keep an eye on any of them. Keep an eye on all. You know, just from week to week, our in-season uh, pickups piece. You know, you wanna you wanna target some of these guys. You can get at a great value that have high upside. I'm gonna mention one guy that's not on our list so far that will be. And I will be drafting him. Again, I'm in some some deep leagues. But a guy that I'm just thinking is going to be the guy and be very special this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice on him in a very high-value pick. I'm not – he'll literally be like Mr. Irrelevant the last week. I like Jake Butt. This is a dude yeah. that was one of the most highly touted tight ends um, the NFL has had coming out in a really long time from Michigan – and then he got towards ACL for the second time in, what, the Senior Bowl or something like that before he's going to get drafted. He was a first-round pick that he was going to get picked um, in the NFL draft. The, the Denver Broncos decided to take a chance on him, knowing he wasn't going to play last year in his rookie year. Um, they say he's 100% right now. 
He's good to go. Hopefully it's bad luck with these ACL injuries behind him, but he's, he's going to be the tight end one on the Denver Broncos with a team that's got Case Keenum, who is a, a, a lover of tight ends, and they, he's got great wide receivers to take um, off some of the pressure. So if Royce Freeman can be a good running back, and I don't even think that matters, I really think Jake Budd is going to be one of those guys where it's like, oh, why didn't I think about that? He was one of the highest, highly recruited tight ends. It was going to be a first-round pick, and then he got injured. And in this day and age, he's literally over a year. He'll be a year and a half since he had played a game. But he took a whole year off. I love this guy. He will be on every team of mine, best ball, whatever it is. Um, if in the preseason they're not using him, he's not healthy, things change. That, But I think he's all in, and I like Jake Butt. I think he could be just like with that guy that everyone's forgetting about, everyone's worried about the injury. I want Until I see it, I don't believe it. He's a stud. He's a true talent at the position. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, but he came in, he had first round talent written all over him. It's just unfortunate injuries. And, um, you know, if Denver could get him going, I, I, I'm with you on that. You know, I may not be picking him up as, as um, hastily as you, but my eyes are definitely on him. He's one of those guys who I feel has a big future in the league. And if they could get it together and he could stay healthy, I think he, we could expect some big things from him. Cool. I agree. And you got anything, uh, any guys that we haven't listed that are it's someone that's like a deep, deep sleeper that you're, you're digging or anything like that? If not, man, I think we we just crushed it. We just went through and talked some tight ends out the wazoo. We did our Friday night fantasy football goo, and uh, I'm pretty happy about it. Is there anyone else you want to just kind of throw out that you're, uh, that you're you've got your finger on the pulse for? I, I would just so, say, oh. I, I I would just say I would watch Dallas and what they do. They got the three tight ends there: the Jarwin, the uh, the Swaim kid, and uh, Rico Gathers. See which one emerges out of there. Because Jason Witten retiring leaves a shit ton of targets, and somebody's got to eat at that tight end position over there. And Des being traded, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That whole team's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a power of numbers. I think spread around type of thing. All right. Hey, fellas, man, this has been a good show. Always have, always nice to uh, talk fantasy football. Uh, Cody, I think you did a great job on your uh, your inaugural Pyro podcast. Thanks for coming out, brother. Thank you. Yeah, right on, cherry, brother. <laughs> right, right on, man. Uh, just let's let's just fire it up. I I think we're going to be doing some random shows uh, for the podcast here and there. We got some exciting things going on at Pyro for this season. Uh, PK, brother, uh, love you. Holding it down, down in FLA. Um, and uh, just psyched you got on this show, man. It's been good. This is uh, it's been a you know, two-and-a-half-ish hour uh, show. And PK, Cody, love you guys. Uh, let's give a high five across the uh, the interwebs, and uh, I'm gonna shut this party down. We'll put the show together and get it up for our uh, our, our listeners. Awesome, bro. All right. All right, brother, take it easy. All right. Oh. Hey, by the way, Cody, Yo. go grab that burrito, bro. Just oh man, I'm about to go crush it. I'm about yeah, to go crush Cody it. didn't say it, but Cody's <laughs> done a liquid uh, fasting this week, so he's been he's been drinking. Orange, uh, apple juice, and what water? 
Yeah. Brutal. Oh, man. Brutal. About to have his first real meal right now. So go devour that uh, burrito. I'm going to go eat too, dude. Yeah, um, kill it. Breakfast, yeah. man. Hell yeah. I love, I love you guys. Cody, you're love. the man. Nice work. PK, high fives. We'll talk out, soon. Brother. Let's do this again soon. Uh, to all you pyros out there, thanks for joining us on this journey. We're having a good time here at Pyro. No question about it. We're one of the uh, the oldest podcasts out there. We know there's a ton of people doing this, and we respect them, and we love them. I think we've inspired many of them. Uh, but just, uh, you know, no one's been around. Uh, there's few podcasts that have been around for as long as we have at Pyro, and uh, good stuff. One thing I'll mention, uh, Pyromaniac Mo of the Pyromaniac uh, or of the Pyro Podcast Light Really exciting news. You're going to love this, PK. We're going to have David T. Thomas on the show next week. So Mo is going to be interviewing David T. Thomas. uh, Not interviewing, but having a a podcast light with him next week. He's in Vegas right now, I think, doing some stuff with the Raiders. He was an old – he's a scout that actually used to work for Al Davis – um, but this guy is friggin' hilarious. Yo, that dude is one like of my that. favorites, bro. Right? One, he, one of my favorites. He is awesome. He is awesome. Can't wait. He's had some stuff going on. It, it, sadly enough, his wife passed away a couple of years, and he's been dealing with that. And But he's getting back into the thick of things. And Mo reached out to me a couple of days ago. He said, David reached out to me. We're doing a Pyro Podcast Light um, next week. So that's super exciting. Pick up our draft kit. Get it. It's the best thing you can do for your uh, fantasy season. Oh, yeah. Win a championship. Yeah. Do it. Wags, high fives. PK Ripper, high five. No doubt, brother. Love you, man. Much love from the Pyro crew.